Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're glad to have you here tonight. Uh, tonight we're going to try to get into some things that are going to be real interesting. She Wolf, are you here yet? Nope. I'm here. I'm going to try to bring Boomer on and Danny. Okay. I appreciate it. Well, she's doing that. Uh, shortly, in a, in a few weeks, we're going to be bringing some some stuff to the people of legal deception that I'm working on right now uh, with somebody. Uh, we had a meeting today, and uh, we're going to make, uh, hopefully, some progress towards something that I'm hoping that uh, will bring about a change in this country. Um, I can't go too deep into it right now for obvious reasons, but if this comes to fruition, which we have every reason to believe that it will, uh, we're going to need some people, some honest people out there very shortly Girl. now, we'll withdraw. Huh? Yes? Willing to fill some uh, some positions of trust. All right? Like I said, this is down the road, though. Um, but, um, I was going to tell you um, later on in the show, if, they, if you want to talk a little bit about the United States Trust, um, we can do that. Yeah, well, that'll be... I, I'm going to let you handle the trust. <laughs> I'm talking okay. about the meeting the meeting I had today. Yes, okay. We're going to be needing, like I said, people who are trustworthy and will fill a position of trust. Okay? Uh, there seems to be a, a little bit of problem with this money doc. Yeah. Uh, let, let me go into it like this, and I hope everybody's listening. I know I've said this before. There is no money. So the bottom line, everybody's looking for some way to pay their debts and the bills. Well, if you re- if you get that money document, you read it. So and you read it two or three times, but it will be, some will become apparent to you. One is they never tell you what to pay. They give you the little ass little lines to it. People, that is not a, a, a Federal Reserve note, a United States dollar. There's a doc out there on the thing I have called dollar. Go look it up. It's a peso. And, and, and she will verify this. Okay? It is a Spanish mill coin. It is in the uh, coinage, the first coinage act uh, that's out there on legal deception. It is a Spanish mill dollar. All right? That's where our dollar came from, okay? We don't have any, any of these dollars to pay. And if you all look at your bills, it never tells you what to pay. It gives you that little peso sign. It gives you a number, all right? And everybody just automatically reaches their pocket and pulls out a Federal Reserve note. Now, I'm not going to stand here and tell everybody this is going to work for everybody, but we have put out this... Uh, uh, Seawolf has put out this thing where you use a, a $1 money order. 
okay? Years ago, I, I know a guy, I don't personally know him, I heard about it. All right, but eyewitnesses said that this happened. But um, he was over in Iraq. Was it Iraq? I think, you know, I think it was Afghanistan. All right, back in the early 2000s. He was in the military. And when he came home, somebody had charged him with child support. And the judge didn't want to hear the excuse because, after all, you know, they're ripping off the system behind the scenes. And if he didn't get somebody to be obligated for the debt, then, you know, they were on the hook for it. So the judge got in his face and threatened to throw him in jail. So him being one smart dude, he went down and he wrote out a $1 check. Now, this guy over in the left-hand side where it says memo, he put final payment. Two little words. And he handed that $1 check over, okay, to the people who grabbed it and quickly stamped it and threw it in the drawer. And he waited for the check to come back. And it did. And then he took it to court and said, I paid my child support off. Here's a check. A judge agreed with him. These people know there's no money. All right? You, if you understand the money, Doc, you'd be surprised what you can do. All right? There's, not everybody is going to accept it. Now, I know that uh, this guy, the Travis, who's having great success, all right, from what I hear, I don't know if he's on tonight or not. I wish I wish he was. If you're out there, Travis, uh, let us know, okay? Unmute yourself and come on in. But uh, he's having great success. Uh, she Wolf is here has had some good success with this, with her with some of her debts. But ladies and gentlemen, there is no absolute guarantee here because you're not dealing with one group of people. You're dealing with multiple corporations. And the same electric company in California is not the same one in Florida or the one in New York. They're all different. They're going to respond different. They're going to act different. Right? Same thing with everything else. You're dealing with different people. And these different people right, see this whole thing different ways. Now, I know somebody who did an A for V. I've never been one for the A for V for the simple reason that I know people that has worked for it, and I know people who went to jail for it. I spoke to that woman uh, for two days now. I'm going to try to get with her because she did an A for V about a few years ago. Guess what? She's a foreclosure right now. They're taking everything she's got. Why? Oh, well, the A for D, quote, the A for V did not satisfy the debt. All right? She didn't understand why. A for B sometimes works, sometimes it don't. Now, there has been a rumor out there for many years that uh, the person that created the A for B was ex-Attorney General Janet Reno and the Southern Poverty Law Center. That is a rumor now. Nobody can actually prove it to, to get the patriots in trouble. So if you're going to do this A for B thing, do so at your own risk, because I do know people in Florida with the jail board. Okay? Especially if you do that closed check, that uh, check on a closed account thing. I do know people who went to jail for it. End of story. But back to what I'm saying, there are many things that you were working on 
to to be able to to sell these debts and to or not pay I mean not discharge them but actually credit them because that's what we got to start doing. All right, everybody's got something to put into this. You know, there is no gurus out here on legal deception. All right, I learned from She Wolf. She learns from Danny. Danny learns from me, and we learn from everybody out there. Post things that work and post things that don't work. All right. If you know somebody who had a, if you have a success with something, put it out there. But if you did something that didn't work, put it out there. And we gotta find, you know, start learning why. There's always a, there's always a why something ain't work. Why did it work for uh, Joe 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 Blow in California, but it didn't work for Jack uh, Daniels down here in Tennessee? You know, same process. Why didn't it work? All right? It could be just the fact that it's the people they're dealing with. All right? This is this is something that uh, when we, this whole country is in turmoil right now with this whole thing. Uh, believe me, I heard some interesting stuff today that I can't go into. <laughs> but um, the money situation, I know everybody's concerned about it, and they're trying to find a way to start selling, getting into those accounts and selling these debts You're in, in, or, or getting the money and put it in their pocket. They're never going to let you put that money in your pocket, people, to get it. You know, I know some people who have claimed to have got it, but that claim didn't pan out. If they got it, they sure weren't living it. But now, as far as getting our debts paid off, that is going to be a very good possibility. Because the more we learn, I and both She Wolf and me and Danny both are studying every day, trying to you know find a way that we can help you guys and ourselves. We're not going to stand here and be greedy with us. If we find something that works, we're going to put it out. Okay. Now. This is, there's no sense in people arguing and fighting. Just like I said, put out what you know and what you don't know. And somewhere in the middle is, is going to be what is going to work. These people, a lot of them out there that we're dealing with, they're not familiar with any of this stuff. We're, uh, we're so far ahead of some of these uh, people out there in these groups right now, what we're doing, that it's unbelievable. And I, unfortunately, Found that out yesterday. Okay, uh, some of the patriot myths out there are being blown away by us, and their books are being sunk because it's just not panning out. A lot of people have, for years, said, "Okay, we know there's no money," but nobody out there has put in the paper proving it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you can go get that money, Doc. Here's your proof. If you if you can look at that and say there's money. Good luck to you, because they, they can't do it. I put a lot of research into that, Doc, and that's it. There is, you can stand there and look, read that and then say the Federal Reserve got his money, then I want to what planet you came from or what dope you're smoking, but you can't do it. Another thing is a license, Doc. A lot of you guys out there are, are still doing the old Patriot, uh, I got a right to travel. Let me say something. Under United States government, uh, United States District Court, 
you do. But in these states, you don't. Now, they may let you get away with it. They may not. Okay? A lot of people I know that have tried, you know, doing this and wound up in jail. But that license stock I got out there cuts their throat. You're not asking them. You're not going in there as a blizzard. Go in there and simply ask the question, why do I need a license? All right? And once you know the only way they can license you is as a slave, a prisoner of war, or under RICO, and you stick with that, there's nowhere for them to go. Especially the all-capital name on that driver's license. And as somebody found out today, he even tells you on the back of the driver's license that this is a non-commercial license, all right, and that the, everything on that license is the property of the state. That includes your signature, your picture, and everything else. But nobody ever reads the back of the driver's license. But Florida driver's license, one I looked at today and showed the person, it said this is a non-commercial license. We are, like I said, we are working diligently trying to find some ways to start helping. And that's why we need people's help. Go try it. The worst they can say is no. All right? Yeah, that's it. That's all they can say. No, we're not going to take it. Well, let me tell you something. If they don't take it, UCC 3-603 kicks it. If they do take it, all right, you might just discharge your debts. I'm not telling people to go out there and be stupid about it, but go out there and try it. Think of your own, think of how you would, some way that you can come up with it. Who knows? The back of somebody's mind sitting out there right now may be the ultimate, the ultimate answer. But we are trying. Not just for me and, and She-Wolf or Danny, but everybody. Because when we find it, it's going to that wall. I got no problem with that. She-Wolf, you want to break in here? Uh, yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure you covered whatever you needed to cover. Um, I've been telling everybody about getting the book, um, The Art of Passing the Buck, because um, I've been reading it. I'm almost halfway through, and what what I found in this book is so astounding that it would leave you speechless as to what the United States has done and what they're doing right now. I mean, enough to leave you burning mad, you know. Um, basically, what we're doing now is I have a I have a document and it's called Specie of Currency Doc, and I'm making some modifications to it right now. But um, it's pretty useful when you're writing to the corporations because what you're doing is putting them on the spot. And I don't only use the document; I actually call up the corporations and I pose the question to them regarding the debt payment. And what I do is I'll ask them, you know, um, I have a problem. I can't pay you this month because 
I just realized that giving you a Federal Reserve note is not paying the debt since you can't pay a debt with a debt instrument. And therefore, I'm not really crediting my account because I'm giving you a gift. And I don't want to give you gifts. I need to pay my debts down. And when you start talking about this on um, to the corporation, they get kind of shocked that you're bringing up such a statement to them. And I've called probably in the last six months about five corporations, um, including one that was uh, a bank for a, a car. And we told them the same thing. You know, we don't want to pay because we're committing fraud, but we're not really paying you, and we know that you're not really billing us. This is not the name that was on there. We would like a copy of the contract. We need to see if the bank actually signed off on this contract. When you start asking about the contract, they start panicking and saying they don't have a copy on hand. It's in the file. We'll have to go look for it. And we'll tell them, okay, well, what you're going to do is you're going to cease and desist from contacting me and harassing me for payment until you find the contract because I need to see which bank has actually signed off on this debt, right? And really, um, I think Ken has really put it perfectly, Ken Doss, which I've talked to him before, he's saying that no bank has claimed ownership of that debt until the day you start missing payments, somebody will come up to the plate and claim that it's theirs. Like a bank will just come forward and say, this is my my um, uh, claim to file. But before that, no one has signed off on that paperwork. But what I um, do is we tell them not to contact. So we have one with this car note, and basically... It had been like four and a half months since it's been paid, and we called them two days ago to ask them the status on the account. And we're shocked to see, because we did bring this up to them. This is the one I told you about two weeks ago, where I told them that we couldn't pay them with the Federal Reserve note because that was a security instrument, um, and that it's coming in the name of a security instrument, and that, therefore, you cannot discharge or credit a debt with another debt instrument. I said, and basically, we're giving you a gift. And we do not wish to continue giving you any more gifts. You know, like, basically, Christmas time is over. So we called back in and um, to, uh, two days ago, and we asked them the status of the account. Like, are they going to come and repossess the car? Or, you know, basically, what's going to happen? So they told us that we're in good standing, that the payments were current and up-to-date. I'm just absolutely shocked. To even hear something like that, but <laughs> I don't know. I we asked, and I said, "Are you sure? You know, this this is the account. Yes, it's up to date, and it's being handled by a specialist." And um, we asked if we could talk to them. They said, uh, "No, we can tell you as long as you don't have a problem. There's no need for you to speak to them. We're just telling you that the account is current and up to date." Now, this is the one that we offered them a roll of toilet paper because that roll of toilet paper had more value than the Federal Reserve note, and we wished to pay in a manner in which it would credit the account. And they stayed silent because they didn't want that roll of toilet paper. I guess they don't really want you to own that car. But I had another um, idea besides the... um, uh, money order because I was told by somebody that what they did was they on that memo area where they wrote those instructions they put a red box around the wording 
and that's how they were able to um, uh, get it, the balance brought down to zero now for four months in a row. And what so was that So they gave word? me that idea. Yeah, um, I, they used the same wording I did, but they just put a red box around the statement. Mm-hmm. Um, a second thing is that I don't care what you're signing for, people. I have another idea because I'm yeah. reading this book on trust, and what I'm finding out in here is just appalling that everybody, every country, of every part of the world is actually robbing us, our Social Security accounts. Um, basically, anybody can write a bill of exchange, and as long as somebody signs off on it, they go to the Federal Reserve with that signature, and they're paid for that account. Whether you are delivered the item or not, whether it's just like say somebody is mailing something and they order something in the mail and it's $1,000, um, as long as there's a signature on there approving that this item is wanted, they take it to the Federal Reserve anywhere in the world. They send it to our Federal Reserve and they're paid out of our accounts. And basically the whole world is living off of our um, accounts, which I was appalled to hear that. But my second step, because I do have a specie of currency document that I do use, and I haven't put it out yet, but um, basically what I'm doing now is I'm making the corporation fill out, especially these public entities, since I showed you guys that that light bill doesn't have a billing on it and it doesn't have a payment because they're claiming that they didn't bill us. And because I requested it as a woman, under lowercase letters, they're telling me that they never billed me and that I never paid them. So what I'm doing now is I'm, send, I'm sending the specie of currency document, but this time what I'm doing is um, I'm taking a copy of the bill, and this is what you guys need to try because I'm telling you I'm the person who tries every little thing to catch them. What we're trying to do here, people, is we're trying to find the truth here. And the truth is going to have to come sooner or later. So, um, And the reason why I, I beg you guys to do this with me, because I'm doing it, is because if we're expecting to cha- make a change in this country, we have to get these people in the act of what they're doing. So I'm going to put the species of currency doc. Um, it's simply a letter, and the letter says this is an attempt to settle a debt. All communications shall be used for that purpose. Just like when they say this is an attempt to um, collect on a debt, what I'm saying here is this is an attempt to settle a debt. It's the contrary. And what you're going to do is there's a form that you're going to give to the corporation to fill out, and whether it be a public corporation, um, a law firm, it doesn't really matter, third-party bill collector, um, they're to write all their information on it and notarize it. And you're asking them... uh, what species of currency are we, are we um, using in, in the transaction of these debts? And how are these accounts being settled under what type of currency? And many of them will say something like U.S. dollars or whatever. Many of them won't answer the question. When they're a public entity, they definitely won't answer it. But the reason, the reason why I'm doing this is I wanted you guys to do something a little bit extra this time. 
Um, many of them won't answer it, but see, you need to do it a couple of times too. This is for your records, people. If you want to take someone to court, you got to show that they're committing a fraud, okay? What you do is you take the top portion of your birth certificate, because we know that the numbers of your birth certificate are on the bottom, and they're usually in black or red at the bottom of the birth certificate. You don't want them to see that. You want to take a photograph or scan only the top section where it shows the all capital name and the state, right? You get a red marker, and you circle the title on that um, certificate where it says the state of your birth. And the second thing you're going to circle in red is the all capital name on the birth certificate. Then you're going to take the bill itself that they mail to you, and you're going to circle the all capital name on the bill. And you need to ask them, who are they sending this bill to? Because they are billing a corpus. And you want to know why they're billing the corpus and sending it to your, to your, um, you know, your place of rest or, you know, wherever you lay your head or whatever you want to call your home, you know, your abode or your, your house. And, you know, and, and you want them to validate who they are actually billing or sending and ask them why are they sending you a statement instead of a bill, a true bill, right? And um, that, you know, like, and you ask them these questions. Is the payment you're receiving a gift? Okay? Because it is a gift. That's what the word payment means. It means that you're giving them a gift, people. And if you like giving away Christmas presents um, 12 months out of the year, by all means, you can do that. But I'm going to give you the document. I'm, I was going to put it on shortly. I was working on it. I'm doing a couple of tweaks to it. But I recommend that you send it out this time with a copy of the bill you're going to circle it in red. You get a red marker. And you circle that name and you highlight it with a highlighter. Then you circle the name of the state. You circle the, t the name on that birth certificate. And I'm giving you clear instructions. Um, if you want, I'll add it to the Specie of Currency doc and I'll ask them. I would like for you to um, answer this question. Why are you billing the corpus um, and sending this to my home. Is this the way, um, and you want a copy of the contract because they don't have no, you know, even if it's a light company, it doesn't matter. Um, I think this will put them in panic mode. What do you think, Southern? I think if, if we, if that don't put them in panic mode, I have uh, added a couple things to the to the money doc out there, okay, that I just uh, ran across and threw in there. I, I sent the new money doc out. Uh, two of the things, hold on one second. Did you update it on legal deception? Yes, I did. Okay. I sure did. Now. I just want everyone to know you can go to Facebook. Um, you know, your Facebook, and you go on the legal deception. Um, you can invite your family and friends there or every day allowing people into the um, room, except for people. You're going to see people being banned, and these are people who complain all the time. They're upset when things don't work, 
and they get upset when things don't go right. We are, we are everything we're doing here, people, is experimental. And I'll tell you why it's experimental is because, um, first of all, what we're doing here is we're trying to get these people to, we're trying to get them and catch them in corruption and fraud. That's what I'm trying to do here for you guys. And I believe that this species of currency doc with the, with the upper top portion of the birth certificate sent to them, and you questioning them, I'll add it to the letter to make it easier for you guys, as to who they are billing and were they taking these payments as gifts because that is a corpus. That is an asset in a trust. So, um, Southern, you want to tell them what you added on to um, – the, the money docs while I go in here because I'm going to pull up some stuff about the trust. Yeah. Uh, I looked up something I don't think anybody's ever looked up. All right. The states in this country are not allowed to issue bills of credit. Well, uh, me being a, <laughs> an inquisitive person, I looked them up. Western Encyclopedia of American Law. Bill of Credit. A non-interest-bearing promissory note issued by the government and backed by the faith and credit to be paid when presented by their holders, right, which are in the form of currency and are intended to be circulated and exchanged. Listen, there's that interesting word we keep hearing, people, exchanged. Remember, medium of exchange is nothing more than bartering. We can use anything as a medium of exchange. I can exchange peanuts right, to see what for oranges, and she can take them and, and uh, exchange them to uh, Danny, or right, for fish in Alaska. A medium of exchange is nothing but a barter instrument. If you guys agree that five bags of peanuts is worth one salmon, then guess what? You just made an exchange. All right? I don't care what you're exchanging. Okay. All right, exchange in the community as money. The federal government, acting through the Federal Reserve Bank, issues bills of credit in the form of dollar bills that are promises to pay in a specific denomination indicated on them to the bearer of such paper, they don't even call them money, by on demand, Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution in order to provide a uniform standard of money throughout the United States, prohibit states from issuing their own bills of credit right, for circulating as currency. Now, that was one of them. Louis 1856, Bills of Credit. It is provided by the Constitution of the United States, Article 1, Section 10, that no state shall emit bills of credit or make anything but gold and silver lawful money gold and silver coin as tender, in payment of debts. Such bills of credit are declared to mean promissory notes or bills issued exclusively on the credit of the state and for the payment of which the faith of the state only is pledged. All right, the prohibition, therefore, does not apply to the notes of a state bank drawn on the credit of a particular fund set apart for the purpose. Bills of credit may be, may be defined to be the paper issued or intended to circulate throughout the community for its ordinary purpose as money 
redeemable at a future date. Now you need to, if you don't if you don't understand from that what a Federal Reserve note is, we're all in trouble. We are all in trouble. We are. There is no way you can pay a bill with this. We're just exchanging promissory notes. Like I said, this I made a couple of modifications to the money doc as I learn new things. I continue to to make modifications and put it out there on legal deception so everybody can have it. Okay? This this is how we learn. I I am not a guru. I do not know everything. I will never profess or lie to anybody until I do. I I learn every day. Every day I sit and I learn. I I am a retired person. I and I have nothing better to do. And believe me, I do a, as she wolf will tell you, I do a lot of investigating. <laughs> Between me and her, <clears throat> that's pretty much a full time job. Okay? But we're doing everything Actually we can. Actually went to the library today, didn't you? Yeah. Can you tell them what you found in the library, people? You don't have to have a lot of money. What did you find at the library, uh, Southern? I went there uh, uh, on the way in this morning and stopped off. It's a library by a college. All right. So I walk in, you know, and ask me, hey, I'm looking for a book on uh, trust or equity. So she said, oh, yeah, it's over here. So we walk over, and she stops in this, in this aisle. And I'm looking at her like, okay, where's the book? And she's like, points to the whole aisle. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking of shelves of books on trust and equity law. Okay? Shelves of them. Enough to keep you busy for about the next five years. Easy. That's if you're a good reader. Uh, which I'm not. And so I'm going to find one or two good books and I'm going to, you know, study those. But apparently, what with this war going on and the Libra Code running, that's all that's left in this country is trust and equity. All right? Well, that is security instruments. This country is not operating on lawful money. It's operating off of securities. Because there is no lawful money. There's no lawful title. There's no lawful anything. That's why in 1933, they did the Securities Act of 1933, the Securities Exchange Act in 1934. Uh, both of those are on legal deception in the file section. I would advise you to pop them out, learn the de- definition of securities, especially the one that says evidence of indebtedness. All evidence of indebtedness is a security. Okay? All of them. I don't care which one it is. Uh and you, the money doc, like I said, is out, the new money doc without, and it is on, out there on legal deception. And I posted the other day, uh, uh, 1866 Civil Rights Act. Uh, a lot of people read that. In 1866, they turned everybody except Indians, excluding Indians, not that. All right. Into United, citizens of the United States. Now, I've also been working on narrowing down the difference between a citizen of the United States and a U.S. citizen. 
Uh, I have started back in uh, the original first Immigration Act and the second Immigration Act, which are both out there on legal deception. And I've been trying to find out where we became citizens of the United States. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I finally found it. It is in 1866 Civil Rights Act. We were all declared, anybody born in the United States was declared at that time or and hereafter to be citizens of the United States. All right? You might want to go look that up and make some interesting reading. Why they excluded Indians not taxed? Well, I guess they didn't like Indians. But um, I will continue to hunt things down and put it out there. Uh, I would advise everybody to read the stuff I'm putting out there uh, very carefully because sometimes I highlight stuff in it or bold it and I color it so it's just easier for people to find the, the interesting parts. And I would also advise everybody to download that Libra document, the Libra code. Because I'm going to tell you real soon here right now, it is going to get interesting with that thing. Uh, so people I know now are waking up and realizing themselves. And these are some interesting uh, people out there who are realizing that we're under martial law. We never lost, the war never ended. We're operating in a military commission, tribunals right, of common laws of war. This is why we got licenses out the yin yang. Okay, we got this fiat money system, and we got a, bu a bunch of people called the Bar Association making our laws. Because corporations uh, cannot make law. All right, there's something either called the Uniform Model Business Act. Uh, it's very long, uh, about, uh, I think it's 90 something pages, so I did not bother to download it to legal deception. But if you would like, uh, somebody message me, and I will download it from Legal Deception. All right. Can you take over for a second, She-Wolf? Hello? She-Wolf. Hello? I'm Hold here, on. sir. I just mute out so that you don't hear any sound. Okay. Um... I wanted to read some of the stuff um, that I've gotten from the book um, that I've been telling you guys to get. Um, if you get the book, The Art of Passing the Buck, like I said before, you will have your eyes wide open before the book is even halfway completed. As I stated before, anything put into a trust is called a corpus. And we know that it is a corpus because in court we've been hearing words like corpus delecti, corpus defendant. And so anything put into the trust is a corpus. So Hello? what the United States does is you register your child when it's born and it's put in to the um, United States trust as a corpus. And then they give you the certificate. Now, I was trying to mark my book earlier, but I didn't get a chance to finish marking it, so I might not even find what I was looking for. But there, there's two types of trust. And the one that people push for is the private business trust. 
Um, the thing about the trust, though, is that you have to have trustees in order for you to have a valid private business trust. You have to have at least a trustee. And they recommend that in order for IRS to qualify that as a valid private trust, which the court will not have jurisdiction over it, clearly states that common law trust, the courts do not have probate nor jurisdiction over. You have to have a trustee. cannot be a blood relative trust. Because, see, the person who creates the trust is the settler. So if you're taking notes, start taking notes. Otherwise, you'll have to buy the book because um, I'm combing through every trust law book. Um, another good avenue is um, corpus juris secundum. Corpus is the asset in the trust. Um, I, I think I, I think it's probably like 200 books on that alone because it dates all the way back to like 600 years. So. As I stated before, there could be thousands of wars, but our countries operate under equity and trust. And I'm not a guru in trust, but I will tell you what I've learned from this book um, and everything that I've read, because I've read just about everybody's work, including Winston, I think his name is Winston Stroud or... um, Yeah, and a lot of other people that they say they're gurus. Well, I had read recently the other day that you can't go using any laws prior to 1933. I I have to find it, and I'll post it on the wall. I ran into it by accident. It says you're not allowed to use any laws prior to that. They won't even accept it. Number two, I read um, somewhere in this book that I'm reading that you cannot use the Constitution in any court claim because um, you are not party to the Constitution. It clearly states it in the book. You, you now, you, remember, you are not party to the contract. So they're not going to accept that you bring in the constitutional rights because um, they were, I think they even put a case in there, Georgia, like the state of Georgia made the first ruling that um, U.S. citizens are not party to the Constitution. Well, so one know. thing I want, well, that's just the case law. I'll have to find it because I think I have it marked here. But um, one thing I can read here is um, the federal, okay, there are three meanings of the United States. The federal corporation located in the District of Columbia identified as the United States of America and often referred to as United States. The collection of 50 states and territories governed by the federal government. So um, they're saying that, now this isn't me saying it, I'm reading it from the book, okay? At one time before the 14th Amendment, citizenship was established in each particular state. There was no such classification as federal citizen or U.S. citizen. The term federal citizen came into existence with the 14th Amendment. It originally referred to black slaves who did not have a citizenship in reference to the state. These people became a rich source of taxation for they had to pay for the privileges of becoming citizens and having access to the courts. 
To get a Social Security, you must claim to be a U.S. citizen, which is a fictitious status. By voluntarily agreeing to become a U.S. citizen, though, you become taxable. Now, that's, okay. that, is, that was one thing. That is U.S. citizen, not to be construed or confused with citizen of the United States. Right. Those are two separate entities. The issue of citizenship has been so lost in the legal quagmire and deliberately obscured by the over-eager tax authorities who get a large chunk of your paycheck that to oppose that thinking, no matter how legally correct you may be, is a battle. Absent the battle, though, states and citizens alike become ever more enmeshed in federal regulation. So when you become a citizen, all it means is that these people get to tax you to death. And um, the whole purpose of that 14th Amendment, like I said, it wasn't to free slaves or because they wanted to do the emancipation. The government never does something to benefit you. It was because they were going to be able to tax you. So holding that certificate with a Social Security number, by the way, I did post on the wall the other day that you do not have to get a Social Security number. It says it clearly on number five on the application that you should tell them why you want a number. You know, why do you feel you deserve a number? And I, I looked at it, I was kind of shocked because it says you didn't have to have the number. So um, that was posted on the wall. Um, okay. The following references found in the Internal Revenue Code define the terms state, okay? Now we're going to define under Internal Revenue what the word state means. The term state means the District of Columbia, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, Guam, and American Samoa. The United States is located in the District of Columbia. The term United States, when used in a geographical sense, includes the District of Columbia, the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico, Guam, and American Samoa. This statement does not include nor mean the 50 states. Okay, you heard that. This statement does not include nor mean the 50 states. So when you're talking about the word state, capital F, T-A-T-E, it, it means only those things, District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, Guam, and American Samoa. The United States is located where, people? In the District of Columbia. When used in a geographical sense, it only includes District of Columbia, Puerto Rico, Guam, and American Samoa. But it does not mean the 50 states, okay? when you're talking about a state. Okay, let me see. Um, there was some... Um, I wanted to go back to Appendix C. Okay. Now, about the banking. 
We have a 12 corporations together cover and monopolize and use for private gain, people, every dollar of the public currency and all public revenue of the United States. Not a dollar can be put into circulation among the people by their government. Only those 12 corporations can um, put this money out. And it's saying they monopolize, and it's only for private gain. That is private money, people. Every dollar of the public currency and all public revenue of the United States. Now, where is the United States again? D.C., Puerto Rico, Guam, and, um, God, what was the other one I said? Uh, uh, American Samoa. American Samoa. But that does not include the 50 states. So, I realize something, people, that you're not going to believe because I'm Puerto Rican. But when I lived in Puerto Rico, come to think of it now, we didn't pay, you don't pay a land tax over there in Puerto Rico. You live on the land and it is your land. You have a lodeo title to the land over there and you also don't pay any taxes for the land. You don't pay any um, income tax over there. Unless, you know, you have some kind of a business or something. Um, I guess capital gains and stuff. But I remember that in Puerto Rico, you didn't pay any taxes. I found that kind of weird because even growing up, I was like 13, I used to wonder why we lived in the house that we didn't pay any taxes. Um, so that is um, something I'm letting you know. For those of you doing research regarding this um, money issue, there's no taxation over there, but you do get representation. You can walk right up to your mayor's office and talk to the mayor and your local officials. And I know that because um, my family um, over there, they are in politics, in legislation and um, mayors and things like that. You can walk in and talk to them. And... Another thing I realized about the island of Puerto Rico is that when you go in, what we dreamed about having in America, people, they have it in Puerto Rico. You can walk into a clinic and you will get all your medical treatment, right? And they only charge you like a dollar or two dollars, but you're getting better treatment in that clinic than you will ever get over here waiting in an emergency room for hours and hours and then um, they treat you like garbage and charge you $500 for a pill. Now, there's something wrong with this world, okay, because over there, every community has a clinic and an emergency room, like sort of like, um, uh, what do you call that, um, an outpatient clinic that you might go to urgent care, like an urgent care And it's in every city, and they have these big hospitals as well in the major cities if you have something drastically wrong with you. But you're not waiting for hours and hours to see the doctor. And it's just about the same as here, like when it's really heavy-duty traffic. But but you're seeing before the end of the day, like I would say the maximum I ever saw was a two-hour wait. 
Now, we were supposed to get that here. We thought that the Obamacare was going to be a, um, it was going to be the type of clinic where you go in and everybody had insurance, so you'd go in and have this um, same type of care. You go in, you sign a piece of paper, and that's what you do in Puerto Rico. You just sign your name on a piece of paper. The way we're supposed to be living here, people, they're living over there, okay? And um, here instead, when I saw the Obamacare, I was appalled. Before it even got passed, the law, I started reading into it. And actually, all Obamacare was, and I, and I was totally correct because I, I had read it before it even passed. I, I was telling people, don't vote for it. You better call your congressman because all they're doing is mandating now that every U.S. citizen has to have insurance now. All Obamacare is is a mandated insurance program that they want everyone in the U.S. to have, but you're going to get crappy care. you got to go 30 miles away. Um, they use that marketplace to tell you and threaten you and say, um, oh, you have until February to get the insurance or you're going to be penalized. Well, that's not true because I started asking questions, and I said, you keep saying when you um when I call you have until the February fifteenth deadline or whatever and I said, What if someone doesn't have a job and they don't get a job until April because they're a contract worker? Um, do you mean they can't get no insurance? And the guy he hesitated and I said, Is that what you're saying? That you're the central organization where people can only get insurance through you? And they finally admitted that the answer was no, that you can get insurance whenever you can get the insurance. I didn't. And um, so basically that healthcare marketplace, they're a bunch of liars. You listen carefully to their recordings. They're practically threatening you, saying that if you don't have it by February 15th, um, that you're not going to have any insurance for the rest of the year because you didn't get it by February 15th. Well, that's not true. You can get insurance um, on your own. You don't have to use that marketplace and get insurance. So I'll let you know about that. That's that's one of their lies and tricks. Um, another thing is I want to read to you about this corporation. So what I said was not a dollar can be put into circulation among the people by their government. Not a dollar because we don't have a government. This is a private bank. Without the consent of and on terms fixed by these 12 private money trusts. You heard what I just said, 12 private money trusts. So I was thinking, if you have 12 trusts that are running this whole institution here, I'm thinking the two birth certificates and your 10 social security cards would make up for 12 trusts. If, if that's the 12 trusts that they're talking about, but I'm not sure. They don't tell you the name of the trust. In defiance of this and all other warnings, the proponents of the Fed created the 12 private credit corporations and gave them an absolute monopoly of the currency of the United States, not of the Fed notes alone, but of all other currency. The Fed Act provides ways and means by which the gold and general currency in the hands of the American people could be obtained by the Fed in exchange for federal notes 
which are not money, but mere promises to pay. Since the evil day when this was done, the initial monopoly has been extended by vicious amendments to the Fed and by the unlawful and treasonable practices of the Fed. So um, I wanted to read this to you because um, not only are we paying the Federal Reserve and not getting anything, people, because we're holding the U.S. birth certificate, which after reading into this book, and I'm halfway through, you know, I'm going to be posing a challenge. I've already did one, and I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait 10 days before I write my second challenge. But that birth certificate is either you being signed in as an asset, right? And if you were signed in as an asset and you're holding a corpus certificate, it could only be one of two things, people, that you are a bought and paid for slave and that the, everything, all those bills that are coming in are prepaid accounts because you don't have any money that's supposed to pay for everything, or you're the beneficiary holding a certificate, a corpus certificate. Remember, everything put into a trust is called a corpus. So you're either holding on to a billion-dollar certificate that we don't know how much is in there because it doesn't tell you because it's a statutory trust and in the statutory trust, they don't have to tell you how much is in there. I, I, that's what I've read in the notes. In a statutory, irrevocable trust, they don't have to tell you how much your certificates are worth. But in a private business trust, you have to say how much each equitable item you put into the trust, you know, their value, the equitable value in um, units. Remember we were talking about units the other day, people, about the $1 stamp? I told you $1 equals 100 units. So when you have to do a case, which I know that the courts will try to say, oh, we don't want to do that, you could put nine stamps on it, and that's 900 units, which would amount to 900. You know how sometimes they say uh, a case, at value that $20,000 and over is uh, like $950 to start the case, well, I would put 10 stamps on the top and write over it and, you know, cancel them out. That would make um, approximately $1,000. Well, not $1,000, but remember, there's no money, okay? And when you're doing the private business trust, you are going to see that um, that means units. They don't put a monetary dollar value with an equitable value counted in units. So remember, there is no money. And I told you that all accounting is is numbers. Numbers, there is no money here. All the money has been taken. And Southern just read to you something that says that it is just an instrument for bartering. You can't really pay off your debts. That's why I said to scan the top portion of your birth certificate. I will give you guys the document. I, I promise I'm going to try to have it up tonight. I was already working on it before the show. It's called a specie of currency doc. They can't tell you the specie of currency because there is no lawful money. 
you can call it whatever you want to. All it is is an accounting practice that they're using on a ledger, numbers on a ledger, moving it from credit to debit side. They want to call themselves the creditor because they set up the trust in your behalf when you were born. But contrary to one's belief, this is why we have to, people. Everything that I'm telling you to do, there's a reason behind it. And one of the reasons is they're saying that you're not a party to the Constitution based on case law. If you're not a party to the Constitution, are you a beneficiary then to the trust, this United States, or is this just imposing taxes on you to make you pay as a slave? They said they used it on the slaves a long time ago to impose taxes for their freedom and becoming a United States citizen. This is where it all went back to. So now that they've broadened the effect and you see that the United States is not the 50 states, it says that it's the, you know, the four places I mentioned. So these people are holding you as more evidence of a state capture. And um, you're being held as a, like a prisoner of war. So I want to read something to you, okay? Now you, this should make you mad. That's why I'm telling you we're going to do this. If you guys want to help me in participating in this scanning of the top portion of the birth certificate and putting these corporations by, you know, get, it's like taking a noose and we're going to tighten that noose around their neck because we're being run here by corporations, people. We don't have any government. Okay, and we don't even, they're saying territories and stuff. Well, guess what? How can you be a territory when you're a subdivision of the head corporation? You're incorporated. Um, okay, this is money for the Scottish distillers, okay? Mr. Chairman, if a Scottish distiller wishes to send a cargo of Scotch whiskey to the United States, he can draw his bill against the purchasing bootlegger in dollars, and after the bootlegger has accepted it by writing his name, look what it says, by writing his name across the face of it, the Scottish distiller can send that bill to the nefarious open discount market in New York City where the Fed will buy it and use it as collateral for a new issue of Federal Reserve notes. So every time you sign on the dotted line, the people take it to the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve buys it and issues more currency for every signature you put on paper. Now, thus, the government of the United States pays the Scottish distiller for the whiskey, listen to this, before it ships. And if it is lost on the way or if the Coast Guard seizes it and destroys it, the Fed simply write off the loss and the government never recovers the money that was paid to the Scotch distiller. Okay. Bootlegging. 
while we are attempting to enforce prohibition here, the feds are in the distiller business in Europe and paying bootlegger bills with public credit of these United States. Our 50 states are paying not only for our our bills, people. I'm going to keep reading to you. You're going to see they're paying for everybody. Mr. Chairman, by the same process, they compel our government to pay the German brewer for his beer. Why should the Fed be permitted to finance the brewery industry in Germany either in this way or as they do by compelling small and fearful United States banks to take stock in the Eisenbeck brewer and in the German bank for brewing industry? Mr. Chairman, if dynamite or dynamite noble of Germany wishes to sell dynamite in Japan to use in Manchuria or elsewhere. Now listen to what they're going to say here. It's very important. It can draw its bill against the Japanese customers in dollars and send that bill to the nefarious open discount market in New York City where the Fed will buy it and use it as collateral for a new issue of Fed, Fed notes while at the same time the Fed will be helping Dynamite Noble by stuffing its stock into the United States banking system. Why should we send our representatives to the disarmament conference at Geneva while the Fed is making our government pay Japanese debts to German munitions makers. Mr. Chairman, if a German wishes to raise a crop of beans and sell them to a Japanese customer, he can draw a bill against his prospective Japanese customer in dollars and have it purchased by the Fed and get the money out of this country at the expense of the American people before he has even planted the beans in the ground. Mr. Chairman, if a German in Germany wishes to export goods to South America or any other country, he can draw his bill against his customers and send it to these United States. That's us, the United States, right? Federal Reserve, the Fed. And get the money out of this country before he ships or even manufactures the goods. Mr. Chairman, why should the currency of these United States be issued on the strength of German beer? Why should it be issued on the crop of unplanted beans to be grown in Chile for Japanese consumption? Why should these United States be compelled to issue many billions of dollars every year to pay the debts of one foreigner to another foreigner? Was it for this that our national bank depositors had their money taken out of our banks and shipped abroad? Was it for this that they had to lose it? Why should the... Now, this is very important... Why should the public credit 
of these United States and likewise money belonging to our national bank depositors be used to support foreign brewers, narcotic drug vendors, whiskey distillers, wig makes, human hair merchants, Chilean bean growers to finance the munition factories of Germany and Soviet Russia. Now, this is, an, this is um, probably read, you know, in, in Congress. Everything that is being billed to customers um, around the world, guess who's paying for it, people? We are. Um, that is Shibol? why when you buy a house and they say you can't go 30% over your budget to buy a house, you know why? Because these little bloodsuckers are sucking the other 70 out of your pocket with this game that they're playing while we hold the U.S. birth certificate, they're siphoning out through taxes. That's why we're called the American taxpayer. We're paying the debts not only of this nation, we are paying the debts of the world. The United States is just handing money hand over fist to anyone signing off on a bill that they write U.S. dollars on it, people. We have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. What are we getting, people? Peanuts. And you talk about people getting food stamps? I just talked to a lady today that works at a grocery store. She got a part-time job at the local grocer so that she said she can afford her rent and light. That's all she has. She said she has no cable or anything else, not even a cell phone. When she got this little part-time job because she's, you know, she's uh, retired, doesn't make enough money. They said she could work an extra four hours. Well, now she makes too much money, and they cut off her food stamp. She says, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I, I got an uh, extra four-hour job, even though I'm, I'm retired, so that I can afford to pay my light bill with my rent. And now I don't have no money for food. So, and she's struggling. Why? Because when you're retired, you can only work for four extra hours without being penalized. So here's a person who will go to their grave. And what does the United States give you, people, for all those years of sucking your energy, your blood, sweat, and tears, you're going to get peanuts. Because I know people that get Social Security, you know how much they get in food stamps? Contrary to what most people believe, unless you know if your parents get food stamps, it doesn't matter to me because I don't judge people by the amount of food stamps they get. Um, You get $10 in food stamps for most couples. And you want to hear another blasphemy? If you're married and you and your husband, you know when you work that you're paying income tax, both of you. And they really suck that income tax money out of your um, income all year long, right? But when you retire, only one of you will get your full um, Social Security benefits and the other one, you know what they get? Peanuts. Once again, why are the American people being given peanuts when other people in other countries around the world are... are, um, Federal, the Federal Reserve is sitting here paying them. They can write up a bill of exchange and the Federal Reserve will create brand new money. 
Remember, for every dollar created, people, we have to pay the taxes on it. For every new loan, for every payment, that every new dollar that they create and put into circulation, these 12 trust accounts, we have to pay for it, and we are supporting the entire world. And when I see people upset about people getting SSI, um, they, um, believe it or not, this book is so informative. They talk about how the children are becoming disabled. You think it's bad here? You should see in Europe. They, do you know what they do? Like, say um, they want you to go to jail for debt in in Europe, and you know the dad and the dad is sick. You know, guess who has to go to jail in place of their dad? Um, when their dad becomes sick, it says their daughters have to go to jail in their place. I thought slavery was over, people. <laughs> it was supposed to be outlawed in 1926. It is disturbing what I read in this book. Now I know why the IRS fought these people who wrote this book. For four years, they told them they did not want this book published. Because then the people would find out that you're either two things in that trust. You're either the hired slaves that they put in there, which, see what it says? It's for taxation only. You don't own anything because I just posted a page there where it tells you that the United States owns everything from water all the way down to your underwear. They own everything. They know everything you've ever bought. They know everything you've ever owned. That's why they try to get you to the financial statement when you go to court. They know if you're lying. Remember, everything you buy, if you get it on credit um, and you use that Social Security number, they have a full financial accounting of every dollar ever spent. People were living off of credit cards in the 80s. They have a full financial accounting um, I'm recommending right now, because I've been reading this book, to protect yourselves. Yes, write Agent 4. Separate yourself from that birth certificate number one. I'm writing up some questionnaires for someone, and I'm going to straight out, I mean, I'm basically going to straight out ask them, what did you do when you put people into the trust? Did you put them in there as slaves? Or, did you, or is this a certificate of holding showing that I'm holding something of value. I'm going to have to come out and straight ask them that question because if not, I will take this question to the Ways and Means Committee because guess what? If you are holding that certificate and it's a statutory trust because the book tells you that this is a trust certificate, um, they were supposed to give you benefits every year, every year. And let's not talk about the tax income tax return because that ain't no benefit for nothing, okay? You know why? Because all you're doing is getting back some of the money that you already put into the system. And they'll tell you that um, they're getting a tax credit. Well, you're not really getting a tax credit because when you retire, they're going to take a big chunk of that again, of that money when you get your Social Security, and they secretly take a portion of your Social Security money and you don't even know it. Um, I only found that out because a worker slipped and told us that my father was paying child support. And my father raised us. He was a steel mill worker. My dad's paying child support. 
for for eight children that he raised himself. So these people are thieves. <laughs> My mom works full time from forty to seventy. That was thirty years because you know when you know a long time ago in the sixties most mothers were homemakers. So my mom didn't start working until like 35, but she retired. Um, They're not giving her the full benefits, and she paid. She would file with no dependents so that they would take the maximum of taxes out. And they told her that when you retire, only one person can be head of household, and the spouse only gets um, like 300 bucks or $250. They rob you from the moment you get up in the morning, pre, post, midday, everything they do is highway robbery on you. I mean, this book tells you every step of the way these corporations will make sure that every dollar put into your pocket is spent. It was designed to be that way, people, because they want to make sure that you don't have a trust account. They do not want to teach you trust. They don't want you to know that you can protect your assets in a trust. They don't even want you to be a family because it clearly states that you got to have a little bit of a strong family to be able to maintain that trust. And what, do, what does the government do all the time? They have video games. they got all kinds of stuff. Your kids are not even learning anything anymore at school. Uh, the law just passed, which I'm going to have to go in and find it again. But now this year forward, your only your children. I'm serious. This was actually I I heard this on the news, like a late night radio news. You're only going to get 10% of the education that you were receiving last year. Your children will only get 10% of it now, because they have a new program, quote unquote, implemented that they're going to be only teaching you, your children, your family, your offspring, your next generation, shall only learn a vocational skill to work in a certain position um, as a slave. Think about it. If you grow up, your kids, they might even make it so difficult now for you to get a college degree or tuition or grants. They're only going to teach you vocational skills to do a specific job. Isn't that what they're doing with police officers, people? It could only have a certain IQ or you can't be an officer because I've already been told this by an actual police chief who's my friend. <clears throat> A very dear friend who is not always a nice person because I've heard bad things about this person as a police chief that, you know, there's just something wrong with this country. But he told me that, and he thought it was funny. That's why I tell you on this show because our police officers, you know, I know they're put out there, but they're victims as well. You know, I wish they would understand that. They usually take people that have low self-esteem. One of the um, trick things that they do is they give you these competency um, 
uh, what do you call that, Southern, where they give you the competency, like an uh, aptitude test when you go in to apply for a job? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the aptitude test is to see how dumb you are, not to see how smart you are. And it's also, um, they use it because they want to see how loyal you are. And they even, the program even rephrases questions over and over. They're asking you the same question, but they modify the language to see if you can't catch it. Because if you can't catch it, they want you on the on the force. Because you won't know crap from crap. That's what they're saying. Like, you ain't going to comprehend. If you were being tricked into something, you wouldn't even know it. Because if you can't understand that you were answering the same question seven times, you're going to be a good candidate for a police officer because you won't know. All they want you to do is follow orders, right? Do your job description because they give you a job description. And it'll say on the job description, and any other additional duties that may be required by your administrator. That's all they want you to do is obey what they ask you to do. No questions asked. You, and you know what? You're also graded on your job description every year. They do a merit. And if you don't follow your job description to a T, then you, know, you're not, you might not get a big raise but you'll get a raise if you follow orders very well. So in some of these jobs where you think, wow, I made it as a police officer, well, yeah, um, you not only have to be physically fit people, but you have to be willing to follow orders. And if you can't follow orders and they'll say it's only for their safety, no. If you don't have enough common sense to question what you're doing out there, um, you're the man for the job. You go out there killing people, and you think that they're, you know, that you're doing the right thing. And I'm not saying because I just told you that the officers are victims as well, because they don't uh, know they're being played by the same corporations. Let me throw something in here. Uh, I'm going to throw this out as a rumor. I cannot verify this at this time, but I was told by a good source that they are have been made aware that they are now hiring foreign people. And I do mean literally foreign. Okay? Into these police departments. The reason they're doing this is because Americans won't shoot Americans. Okay? So you need to be aware that these people that, that I was told that are coming in here look just like you and me. They speak very good English. Okay? And the person who, t- who told me this said that they've run across several of them and that they're, they're from uh, Eastern Europe and Ukraine and Russia and stuff like this and they're hiring them. Okay? These are ex- using a lot of them are ex-military from overseas. Remember, these police departments are not government entities. They're private corporations. So in your interaction with these people, remember, that some of these people here uh, come over here, they get jobs, they get jobs as police officers, and they have absolutely no clue what the Constitution says. They took an oath to. Okay? They also 
I did some more investigating after I was told this, and uh, another person said that he's hearing the same thing, that they are bringing them in here from uh, overseas. I agree. Uh, I can't prove this, but one source, like I said, said that they were bringing them from Russia, and the other source told me that they were bringing them from from Europe countries because they look just like uh, Americans. And you won't know the difference. They're literally hiring them in the Not only do they do it there, but um, you know where else they do it, Southern? DCF. I met them, okay? I met these workers, supervisors in DCF that have these, um, you know, the adoption agencies. And I I told people many years ago that I have learned that the laws had changed. And they weren't going to return your children. They weren't using social workers anymore. They were using case managers. And people wouldn't understand. And I said, listen, I know what a social worker is. A social worker works with the family to correct any issues going on in the household, people. And their job is to help strengthen the family. Guess what the case manager's job is? These are for those of you who have a DCF case. Now, I'm an expert at DCF. What they do is the case manager's job is to write up your family. And everything you tell them, because remember, equity um, does not assist volunteers, okay? Equity will not aid a volunteer. You know what that means? Equity means equality, people. Equally, depth, you forgive your depth as you forgive your um you expect for your debts to be forgiven the way you forgive your debtors, right? Well, these people aren't planning on giving you any leeway because here in this game, um, <coughs> equity does not aid a volunteer. Volunteer means stop volunteering your information to people. Stop telling people your private business. Stop telling, you know, like I tell people mind your own business. Not worried about what the neighbor is doing unless you know someone is truly being harmed and injured or someone's trying to harm and injure you and trespass upon you. You guys know what a trespass is. When someone is invading your space or trying to harm your children, harm you, whatever, like a predator. Darn, the predators have more rights than the people do. What I'm saying is stop volunteering Everything you do, you put even everything on Facebook. You can't put everything on Facebook because they capture everything you put into Facebook and they use it against you now in the court of law. Because I'm telling you, I know several cases where Facebook was used against a person. Uh And... When, um, the case manager now, what I was going to say was, um, I know that for this one agency, all of the workers came from Colombia. And this worker was telling me about how great the United States was and that she was, you know, grateful for her job. And I told her, you know what, you're a paid shill. I said, you know, you may speak English. I told her, do you know what you are? You're a child kidnapping harvester. Oh, I don't see it that way. I said, let me tell you something. 
if if we ordered your butt put back into the country you came in, the only reason why you're doing what you're doing right now and not thinking of it as something really bad is because if you go home, you'll be starving to death. You were educated. You didn't have a job in your country. When you came here, you will do anything to stay here and to be paid here. But I told her, what you're doing is you're kidnapping children. I had a team of experts with me. I had psychologists, psychiatrists. Um, I had the Nurses Association with me. We came in to attack an adoption agency. I'm telling you, I put that adoption agency out of business. So as the Lord is my witness, within one year I had that puppy shut down and 250 workers were fired. I will not. Do not believe people that you cannot make a difference. I am a risk taker. There was something said by one of the lead scientists in CERN from um, the CERN program. He said, you have people in this world that they only do what they're told and they're afraid of taking risks. Well, we're, we're called the risk takers, and we are the ones who make changes in the world because we're not afraid to take a risk. I'm not telling you to go out there and break the law. I'm telling you that it's time now, people, to start asking questions. It's time to start asking, who the hell are you, and what is what does this birth certificate mean? And throw it right into their face. Are you saying that I'm a slave? Because I want to know what is this all capital name, and you circle that bill. And you even give it to your local congressman. Ask them the question. What does this certificate mean? Did you add me into the trust as an asset? That means I'm a slave. Where I work and you give me a mere promise to pay all of my life and you never pay me, you give me a 4.3 cent debt instrument, security instrument actually, and that dollar comes from a private bank that is nothing but taxable, you are using every dollar that I earned, um, and you're taking it and you're paying the bills of the world. You've enslaved me and my children, my babies, your babies. They're not going to have a future if you don't start doing something. You have to get more people into legal deception, people. But everything that I do, I'm a risk taker. I'm not afraid to take a risk. I see people in their front, oh, my dollar didn't work. I didn't promise you it was going to work. I said, we're going to try this. Because I saw it worked for me, and I saw a couple of other people did it, and it worked. I had one person um, text me saying, you're avoiding me. Oh, it's because the dollar didn't work for me. I said, I'm not avoiding you. I have a family to take care of. But I will be on the radio show every Thursday. And I, and I told you guys, if something doesn't work, we're going to go on to step two. And this is step two now. I like step two because I use it very often. And like I said, I don't only use the document portion. I call up the corporations and tell them, I'm not going to pay you with Federal Reserve notes anymore. What do you want me to pay you with? Because I can't pay you with a debt instrument. I'm not really paying you using that instrument. 
And I want to know why everything is in the name of the state. Why are you billing it this way? Why are you, I'm telling you, one light, that light company told me. I said, why, did, why didn't you um, say something? Why are you billing me this way? Well, you know how it is. I do. What, are you instructed to send me this bill thinking that you're going to receive a payment, a.k.a. gift? It's time to stop giving out gifts, people. Those gifts that we're doing, we're recirculating the Federal Reserve note. Mayor promises to pay, and I read in that book, I was reading it to Southern, in one day in Michigan. I think it was Detroit, right, Southern? 77 or 66,000 homes and properties were taken in one day. You can't continue like this. It's going to break the bank. Yes. They're laughing all the way to the bank, people. These bankers, these 12 corporations, and they weren't only called corporations, they were called trust corporations, are taking our equity, your body, your energy, your blood, sweat, and tears, and they are robbing you to your grave. There was other stuff I read in there. It was appalling. That they they know that your children are sick. They don't care. Because they're already robbing your children's accounts. Listen, things aren't going to change until we do something. The patriots used to say, we're going to go out and we're going to do this. We're going to start a civil action. We're going to do that. Um, the first thing you have to learn how to do is think outside the box. That means outside that four corners of that birth certificate box, okay? And it's time to start asking your local congressional representative, your local congressional U.S. representative, And it's time to start circling that birth certificate in red, circling the state and ask them, what the heck is this paper really? Um, Somebody had brought this up to me. I don't want to say their name because they might not want their name posted, but they spoke to Vital Statistics the other day, and they asked the Vital Statistics um, about, see, I was going to do that too, but I'm so glad they already did it for me. Um, the birth certificate, they asked them that they saw that um, emblem, the little banking emblem on the birth certificate, and the vital statistics worker actually admitted to them without any hesitation that with nothing on the birth certificate, it was worth $10,000. And basically, and basically, your birth certificate was nothing written on it as a security instrument. It is worth $10,000. Imagine how much it's worth with your information on it. I was told I, ordered, I wanted to order a birth certificate. 
I told the lady, this was when I was starting to find out about, what? No, that's enough. That's five hours. Um, sorry about that, people. Um, I had asked the vital statistics when I was doing my research. I said, I want to get a birth certificate, but I don't want the security instrument on it. And the lady told me, yeah, you can get it. We can give it to you any way you want it, but it won't have no, this is exactly what she told me. That birth certificate will have no value. You know, I won't have any value. You know, I don't care about the value. I'm trying to, um, you know, have a different birth certificate. I don't want to have the one with the security, but imagine if it has no information, it's valued at 10000 Imagine how much it's valued at with um, the security instrument. Remember, that certificate is more than what you think it is. That is a 18 USC 8 security instrument. That money order has value. The Federal Reserve note, you use it to barter. Um, bank notes, you put your signature on it, it has value. They cash it in immediately, and then they sell your signature. But what are you getting out of it? You, and I was reading in there, it says that if you don't get a Social Security number, you don't get no benefits. That's funny. Is that the benefit that they're talking about that you're supposed to get as a beneficiary when you retire? They're going to give you that? Um, I actually asked for an audit, a forensic audit. They wouldn't show me totally how much I paid into the account for the 30 years. Uh, they only showed what I paid into the account. They wouldn't show what the corporations paid, probably because they paid nothing. Um, they don't show how much was invested. They don't show anything. They don't show how many people robbed you while you were paying into the account. It's time to start going, people, and asking for a forensic audit. When you get that birth certificate authenticated, I'm not saying that you should do it, but I believe you should take power of attorney or put it into your trust. If you guys have already have a trust, you need to put it into a trust and do a trust enforcement on it. You're a certificate holder. <laughs> what are they going to say? That you're a certificate holder of debt? That this is a debt instrument? Nope. Everything that goes into a trust is a corpus asset. That means you are the asset, people. They put you into the trust because you are going to use your sweat, blood, and tears and make, if you're not the beneficiary of that trust, then these people have actually created, you know, you, I, I just say that they need to be sued for slavery. Taxation without representation, people, because they are not representing you. We, we, have, we that are on, listening to this show right now, you are not being represented. If you are, we'll, we shall see soon if that's true. Because um, I did use one congresswoman one time. God bless her soul. She's not here anymore. She passed away. But you know what? 
she did actually. I went to a congresswoman for help when my grandkids were kidnapped. She actually flew to Tallahassee that week and validated my claim and gave me a letter saying that I should file suit against the agency. (laughs) Don't think they don't... Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe it's because we don't go to our local representatives and tell them what we want. They're here. We just never go to them. It's time for people to start taking your, you know, do your civic duty as a civilian. And I want to say, we are a different breed here, people, because we think outside the box. (laughs) And I promise you, and I promise you, I won't take you into a war. Not even a civil war, but I'll give you a war with a pen and paper. We're not paper terrorists either. We are asking clear-cut questions that deserve some clear-cut answers. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that, Joe. She was. What? I don't know about that. I got told uh, this morning by somebody, uh, uh, a lawyer. I didn't get a chance to tell you that license doc. Mm-hmm. And that mighty doc was designed to start a civil war. <laughs> Are you kidding me? You know what? I can't even get the general counsel to call me. I called them five times today. <laughs> I called them five times, and I'm sitting here, and I'm saying, hello, I called you four times today. You haven't returned my call, and I know you're there. No, the, per- the because... person in question. Huh? The person in question read my license doc and money doc. Okay. And he looked at me and said, you're still alive? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, he said, what you got there is going to start a civil war if it gets out. And so well, I'm, pl- I'm pl- plastering it everywhere I can. You know, um, is what it going to What does he mean start a civil war? It never ended. Yeah. That's, well, I, that's basically what I told him. <laughs> yeah. You know, the way I look at it is you've been abusing us for these mankind here. Listen, think about when, when me and you, Southern and Denny, Right when we look up information, guess where it starts at? It starts with our um, the slavery. Mm-hmm. And you know what, what makes me so mad is, remember, I'm a Puerto Rican. So, you know, mm-hmm. I got some black blood in me. And I got some blue, I got some Indian blood in me, too, a lot of Indian blood. But it's not about the color, but you know what? What burns me up is that it started with the slavery. Mm-hmm. And um, they talk about the Moors and the Indians in this book, too. Just the sheer abuse of the Americans, and they're not even American people. They came here from uh, Great Britain. And I'll let you know, too, and I'm not singling out any race here. You know why? Because we're called the underdog here, okay? Um, and I'm not saying if you're British, you're one of them. No, nothing like that. I'm saying that the people who came to this country came here with the seal and patents of a king. 
And everything they wrote up, and it didn't happen 200 years ago during the Declaration of Independence either. This country forgets about what happened before the Declaration of Independence and what happened before the Revolutionary War and the Civil War and what happened to the Indians, people. This was their land. These British people came here from Great Britain and these mercenaries, they were called from Germany. And um, believe it or not, even the German mercenaries were, were put into um, captivity too. But, um, and they were brought here by the um, British. The Hessians, yeah. Yeah, the Hessians. And these British people came in and they brought the seal of the king. They came in through Plymouth Rock. Um, Delaware, uh, what was the other, I can't remember the other one. I think it was yeah. Delaware or Massachusetts yeah. or something. But they were bringing yeah. the seal of the king. Oh, the Mayflower, the Mayflower. <laughs> and they were trying to get away from the king, but they were bringing in the seal of the king. And you know what they were doing? They were blessing the land for themselves and their heirs, okay? Not me or you, their heirs. And if they didn't like you, you know they do? Remember, they had slaves. Um, if you read the history of the slavery, a lot of children were half white. And the fathers loved those children. They had to go to court because they knew that once they died, the children would be returned as slaves again. Um, I'm going to let people know, if you are a descendant of a slave, you should be furiously mad because they did not end your slavery for any good reason. They did it because they wanted to tax you. And the Civil War was to kill you. They wanted to wipe out all the slaves because they invented that cotton gin. They didn't need you anymore. You're becoming a burden. And you know that they didn't do this to make you a free man because um, that's why they were lynching people all the way up into the 60s. And I'm not going to cause a racial war here because um, it was the stupidity of the people that made them think that their color was superior. But guess what? It's a stupid. Now, hear what I said. It was the stupidity of our ancestors that made them believe that lynching the Negro and, and um, making them sit at the back of the bus was the right thing to do, and they thought it was funny. You know why they were laughing and thought it was funny? Because they were just as ignorant as anybody else. Um, remember, those men who came here, the founding fathers, don't think they didn't know what they were doing, okay? They were well-educated. These people go to a special schooling, Yale, Harvard, Oxford University, they know how to play the game here, people, of turning ignorant people against other ignorant people. And I'm not saying, like, you're dumb. I mean, ignorant because they weren't educated. Um, they definitely weren't going to let you go to their schools with their children. And if you were white, you're still going to get on the bus, even though you won't sit on the back of the bus. But guess what? You're still on the bus. Everything that you thought you were getting, let me tell you how deceptive they are. Where you think, you know what, I live in a middle-class neighborhood, and I got, you know, my kids are better than yours, and I don't want to go to your school. 
and I don't want to live in your neighborhood, guess what? You're no better because they're not educating you any better than they are in any African-American school or <clears throat> African-American community. Let me tell you how deceptive they are. Remember a time, I think it was what, Southern, like in the 90s or 80s in Florida where they said, now we're going to bust children of middle-class neighborhoods into the impoverished um, neighborhoods uh, where the African-American people are because we want to show equality. Remember that? Yep. And they were busing children from one side of town to the other, right? One side what of town. What difference would it have made? You know what they were doing, people? They were dumbing everybody down. You know the school that they left, right? Um, they were dumbing that school down, too. I hope you know. Uh, if you thought you were middle class, well, guess what? These people are so smart, they make you think you're superior than the poor people. You're no better. You you were really giving them all your hard-earned uh, work, 40 hours a week. You work two, um, two different offices, and you come home. Um, you know, and President Bush, oh, my God, thank God I've never – I saw his dad. I stood five inches from him. I would have told him, you know what, you have some nerve to sit there while an elderly woman came up and told you she had three jobs, two full-time and one part-time. Remember on TV, Southern? Yep. Yeah, he said she was a hard worker. Three jobs. He said, this woman never went home. So, she probably didn't have think, one. Huh? Probably couldn't afford one. Let me tell you. <laughs> I don't even have to talk about slaves, okay? We don't even have to talk about slaves. Let's go on to another another group of people. My people. <clears throat> My bloodline. The Mexicans, you know how they have to live? First of all, they live in fear. <clears throat> and number two, you will find at least 20 in one household. Especially those that came from Mexico. You know why? Because America is so expensive, and you know that they get paid minimum wage. You will find 10 to 20 in a household because they can't afford it because they're making peanuts. And it's a disgrace what this country is doing to the people. You won't call me a patriot, and I'm not anti-patriotic. I am disgusted with what this country has done to our people, pretending to be emancipating slaves, pretending to give people their freedom. When even women, people, the women's suffrage and the voting rights of women, you know what that was all about? Oh, let's let women have an education, and now we're going to let them in the workforce. That was so they can take more taxes, people. Everything that the United States does is for a reason. If we now know for a fact that you're using an IOU, a promise to pay, how dare them? Since 1933, they've been handing you out these IOUs promising to pay you, right? They ain't going to give you anything. You're going to have to now demand it, people, because you know what? Them houses are not in your name. Those cars are not in your name. They're all in the name of the corpus. All the assets are in the name of that birth certificate. 
I gave you that page. I pull it from the book, and it says they own everything that you think you own. They own it. When are we going to stop and think? And the first thing, that's everybody saying, I want to get my trust back. Well, <clears throat> you know what you got to do first? First, you have to get some evidence to show that these people are uh, committing treason. That ain't hard to do. Genocide, slavery. I, you, listen, I'm talking about, I'll let Denny and, and Southern finish taking over. What else are they doing, you guys? War crimes. Yeah. Every everyone, If you guys start looking at every one of these cops on the street now, they're wearing military insignias. Uh, people that I was talking to today are starting, more and more people are waking up to this fact. All right? And that uh, these people, when they go into court, they're always calling themselves peace officers. Peace officers, people, all right, don't wear military insignia. They don't dress and, and carry their guns, their weapons, in a belligerent-type fashion. That's military. Yep. All right, there is no if ands or buts about these people anymore. These corporate police are now military. They don't answer to us. All right, there's uh, there's basically no no control over them whatsoever by anybody. From what from what I've heard, and I've actually asked the right people, and they have told us Pam Bundy, uh, for example, didn't she tell us when we talked to her she will. She, they, she told us we had a problem with the police force taking to yeah. the Bureau of Consumer Affairs. She yeah. had no authority over them. You know, they only issue the license. They have no jurisdiction over them. That's right. If you don't think that's a problem, people, all right, then, we, then you need to seriously take a good look around because there's, there's some, some bad stuff that's going to happen in this country that we don't stand together and put a stop to it. Um, All I'm saying is if we know there's no money, right, we know there's no money. They haven't paid us since 1933. They took everything from you, and they're making you use your energy to support anybody. I can't believe it. Anybody can put in a bill of exchange with a signature written across it and give it to the Federal Reserve, and instantly they will create they get paid, and guess what? Whether the merchandise is received or not, they get paid. No matter what, the corporation gets paid. You get hit with more taxes. It doesn't matter where the person is in the world. Everybody was robbing the trust. The United States turned a blind eye because they were robbing us too. The government who isn't really a government, but a corporation, knew what they were doing. They were robbing not only us, but you see all these little wars and skirmishes coming out. Uh, but Puerto Rico, I wanted to say, holds a big key here as to what it looks like to live in a country without taxation. Um, no wonder why they changed my name on the birth certificate. So they can tax us. Mm-hmm. Because I come from a pretty strong bloodline, an Indian bloodline of Puerto Ricans. 
And, um, you know, I'm just appalled by what I was reading today. You should be appalled as well. But we're not going to start a civil war, people. I mean, I know Southern is laughing about that with the money docs. But <laughs> well, we, it's you, time you to start to asking some tough questions. That's all I got to say. Yeah. You, you have to think about something. All right. Up until 1926 and the slavery convention, all right, one out of every two people in this country was a slave, whether they believed it or not. Mm-hmm. All right, they were still being held as a slave somehow. Even today, we have something called peonage. Peonage is nothing more yeah. than debt slavery. And, and you're going, everybody in this country is being put in, every traffic stop, Yeah. every time you walk into court, you're being put into a form of debt slavery, a direct violation of the the Keenan Acts of Congress and the international laws of slavery, right? Of Rome statutes, right? And nobody's doing anything about it. It's like this is okay, so what's the problem? You know, a police officer pulls you over to sign the bill, or I'll take you to jail. That's a crime. Don't let anybody tell you that extortion of your signature, people. Is not a crime. Say no. You have a right to say no. Say no. I don't. I'm not signing the paper, but you can give it to me if you want. Well, the, the bottom line is, you don't sign the paper, they take you to jail, and that's where the real crime comes in. Because now, that well, that's when to... you just put in agent. Now you're going to put in agent, non-negotiable, without prejudice. Well, well it's like I said, when you do that, though, they still take you to jail. Now they can add kidnapping, false imprisonment, all right, kidnapping for ransom. All right, other things to these charges. The, um, I'll have to dig this up and put it out there. All right, but don't don't take this as a, a, a holy grail. But there's a uh, somewhere on the internet. I downloaded a long time ago. I have to look and find it. It's on like one of my hard drives, some hard drives. But somebody went and looked to a traffic stop. All right, and the and the cop at that traffic stop broke sixty. Three felonies. He committed sixty-three of them. All right, in that traffic stop, in fifteen minutes. Now think about that. We're talking federal felonies. All right, including security violations, peonage, all right, kidnapping, false imprisonment, all right, child kidnapping because there was a kid in the car, all right, carjacking. You name it. 63 felonies, and these people are getting away with it. And it's like I told the people today, what, what are they getting to do this? They're getting it out of Libra Code. They're not doing anything wrong. They're not being corrupt. They're obeying the laws of war. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, but they're still government. committing a crime. They're committing a, a war crime because we're at a time of peace here. No, we're not. That stuff, the war on drugs and all this stuff that they're saying, they're the ones bringing in the drugs in this country. Do we, do we, the American people, middle class and lower class people, do we look like we have a charter airplane? No way. Or run a stealthy operation here? Listen, who's the one who holds the patent to cabinoids? They do. They have cures for cancer. They have patents on it. Uh-huh. They're not going to cure you. 
it's time people to start saying no. He who creates the controversy is liable. Mm-hmm. It's time to start saying no because it's going to be almost like, what do you call it, the Boston Tea Party? Yep. It's, now they're not taxing tea, people. They're taxing you. You are the one that's being taxed for everything that everyone else does, okay? Including that man that I read an article about, Boris Yeltsin, who robbed America. I don't know if you guys ever read the article. He robbed our Social Security account of a billion dollars and then took off and went home. Mm-hmm. A billion dollars. You know who has to pay for that? Our children, our children. Listen. Estimated value, I think I read for a household family, is what, 79000 now? For the entire family. Because they've robbed us so much. They've taken away. You, you can look around you right now. And you know we don't hardly have any more manufacturing companies. All we have are Walgreens on every corner. Everything's a servicing nation. You got a Walmart, I, I think, every five or ten blocks. Yep. It doesn't take skill and, and darn them because you have an electronic cash register. It counts the money. It tells you how much change to get back and everything, and you still can't square off your register before the end of the day. <laughs> but you got to strengthen the children in math, equity, and trust. If you want to save the country, you're going to have to go back to equity and trust and teach them just money, mathematics, equity, trust, accounting, law, trust law. If you want to save the country and restore the republic. Mm-hmm. Doctors. Don't give up the dream and don't fall for that vocational stuff that they're trying to give you. I'm not saying that having a vocational skill is bad because we need vocational people. But they're planning on cutting off the basic principles in education so that your kids won't make it to college. They're going to make school so boring that every child going into school this year will probably have to have some Ritalin. No. Southern, don't you go away on me there. Danny, you have anything to say? No, I'm here. Listen. <laughs> um, Boomer, yeah. are you there, Boomer? you have anything to say? No, I've been listening to this now. There was a book one time. I can kind of add a little bit to what Southern was talking about. Uh, this was in a book, and it was called The History of the American Constitution or Common Law. And there was two things I said, what was defining what was an American citizen and what was a United States citizen. Hmm. That was in the book, and it's called The History of the United States or Common Law. Okay. Wow. Also, um, I'll read some facts in here that they had. Um, uh, I can... I'd, well, I was going to be leaving. I've got a couple of calls here from someone. I don't know what it was about. So okay. I need to check. Okay, so I'll 
contact you and uh, the other the guys here a little, uh, maybe some other time. Okay. Okay. Have a good night. Okay. Good good night. Does anybody have any questions or comments? I don't think everyone is muted. Did I? I don't think anyone's muted. Are they? Does anybody uh, have a question or a comment? Um, would tell them what to do to unmute. Um, everybody's unmuted except Travis. Okay. Let me see. Now he's okay. unmuted. Okay. No, no, don't mute him. So nobody has a question or a comment. I have a question. Well, that must be beautiful. <laughs> okay, go ahead. When we're uh, authenticating our birth certificates, birth certificates, how many how many copies do we need to have authenticated by the state? Hello. Hold on one second. Hold on. Someone's asking a question. You only need one copy authenticated. Okay. Thank you. Yep. Okay, what was the other person's question? Okay, what was the other person's question? Who else had a question? A question about giving notice to a court before... Can you guys mute yourselves out so the person can ask the question about the notice? Yeah, you give the court notice. You should give the court notice before you go to court, though, not when you're in the courtroom. Right. Right. What was that? Uh, what was the uh, terminology to use on that? On oh, the matter? well, what you do is um, when you're going into the court, you need to file as a claimant. You don't ever go in there fighting as a defendant. You write a claim against um, the prosecution because. I don't know. Is Piper on here? Piper? Yes. Piper, yes. what is it that we talked about earlier where we were going to file on top of the claim? What was the notice that we were giving them? I'm just going off the top of my head because we just talked about it before the show. Yeah, and I got it. I had it pulled up. Let me pull it back up again. Okay. It's just a notice of claim. That's what we've got on the top of it is notice of claim. You got that? Yeah. You're giving them a notice of claim because you're now going to file a claim against them. Um, tell them what the issues were that we could use because this is for a traffic citation. But it applies to everything, people, not just a traffic citation because what they're saying when you go into court, now believe it or not, you know what they're charging you with? They're charging you with violating, guess what? They're charging you with violating the copyright. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have court uh, in three days uh, mm-hmm. for for a Um I was uh, pulled over. There was a, a case that I had beaten uh, by process, but it never got through by the prosecutor. Um, so they issued a warrant. And I was stopped by a state trooper um, as I was over there with my, uh, my brother uh, trying to find out what the best way to handle it. I asked the, the uh, trooper for the original signature warrant and the original signature affidavit in support of the warrant. 
and he started yanking me out of my truck. Um, and then he uh, went to spray with mace, and I was sitting in a dark parking lot, so I kind of just drove off. I didn't take off fast or anything, you know. But I went to a uh, down to a parking lot, was lit up and had cameras, and uh, at that point I was pretty much, you know, jumped by like ten to twelve troopers. Um, so I'm being charged. You have bad numbers. Um, I have all their names. I have the the, the main trooper's name. Uh, right. Down. What you do is now you file a claim. You're going to write notice of claim on top, <clears throat> and you're going to you can even handwrite. I'm going to tell you guys if you don't have a typewriter, you don't have a computer, you can even handwrite your claim, and in the body of the claim, like you're going to you know like when you're writing a letter, you're writing in the body of the claim. You're the claimant. You're going to say notice of claim. And you're going to write in there um, claimant, claim, um, or you can write complainant. You can write a complaint to the court. You're, you're, you're not going in as a defendant. But that means you have until tomorrow to walk it in. If you're going to go into court, like on a Monday, you need to file it tomorrow and you say notice of claim. Um, I write whatever you want, first name, double dot, comma, agent, comma, a man on the land. Civilian, remember you're a civilian, and you say I was traveling from point A to point B, and this gentleman, you write his name, this man, okay, do not call him an officer. This man approached me, and he had a badge on him called number eight, whatever, what a eight six six or whatever you want to say. His name is. Pull me over. Do not say what his title was as an employee. Ganked okay. me out of my car, tasered me, kicked me, and punched me, and said he had a warrant, and didn't show me the warrant, just grabbed me and threw me. I mean, you described everything this person did to you. Yeah. And then you write down, and this is a fact. The fact is, I believe, you know, you could just say the facts are this. Um, you have, okay, now you you write your claim. But then you write another one called an affidavit um, of negative averment. Okay. Remember that, affidavit of negative averment. Okay. And what you say is I, I'm a, you know, I so-and-so. You don't write your name, your full name. Remember that. Agent, blah, 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 four. Always write that. You have to identify and separate yourself from the certificate. State the following facts. This gentleman did not have a warrant on hand. Refused to show me any documentation. Um, and I believe he doesn't have anything to show. Remember that. This is what you're saying. He didn't have it, and I believe he won't have it. Right, this man did this, and I believe that his handbook, his, um, what do you call that, um, Southern, their, their book? Law enforcement handbook. Yes, yeah, so I believe his law enforcement handbook does not have anything in writing that says he could punch, kick, and slap me and throw me to the ground, and I believe he won't have any evidence otherwise. This okay. man, you know, uh, claimed that I did this or that, and I don't believe he has any. Uh, everything that you're writing in a negative averment is what he did wrong to you, 
and that you believe he doesn't have evidence to the contrary to support that he does have a right to do that to you, the natural person. I, a man on the land, traveling from point A to point B, I don't believe that man has it in his handbook, in his employee manual, anything that says he's to yank me out through the car window, and I believe he doesn't have anything to the contrary to prove otherwise. Like I want to say, I believe Joe took $20 out of my wallet and he said he had a right to do so. But I believe he doesn't have anything in his handbook that says that he has a right to do that. And I believe otherwise he ain't going to... What you're saying is you believe he doesn't have anything um, in writing to show that he had a right to do that. Right. Because this is what I've done. I've asked police captains and chiefs, when you come into someone's house and you're robbing them and you don't have a warrant in your hand, I believe you trespass. And I don't believe you have any evidence otherwise to support that you weren't trespassing. So what is that saying? I challenge you. Bring in the evidence that says you have a right. And then, you know, when you're, and when you're writing that notice of claim, Yes. You miss a week of work or two weeks or you lose your job, your claim is I require relief for my loss of work, my hospital bill, a week's worth of pay that I didn't get to pay, I didn't get to support my family and put food on the table, and I and I demand relief. You can't say failure to state a claim for which relief could be granted. Because what you could say is, oh, here's another good negative averment. I believe that this person acted through self-determination and will, and I don't believe he has proof to claim otherwise. Because unless his manual says that he can beat you, drag you out of that car and punch you, guess what? He did it out of his own free will and self-determination as a man because he would have to show in his manual that if you don't, if you, let's just say like this, he has a police manual and he's approaching you. He doesn't have to know the law, but the manual says you can, you know, you can ask the civilian or the pedestrian or the operator or the chauffeur for an identification, right? And let's just say you don't have a driver's license, but you have a passport. Does the manual say that if he doesn't have a driver's license, he can grab you and throw you against the car and beat you up? No, it doesn't. How do I know it works? Because I know someone that it happened to. And guess guess what? This is now the inferior court. You have to write a claim, okay? And in the claim, you're writing notice of claim. You're demanding compensation for my injuries, loss of work, loss of time, loss of, you know, uh, distress. Uh, What do you call that? Uh, Duress. Duress. Harm. That's what you're writing in your demand. I demand what? compensation for my injuries 
Uh, and if you went to the doctor or you missed a week of work, a tax that you didn't go to work for a week. Hello? And, yeah. Uh, cutting in here. We have a shooting in Lafayette, Louisiana. Theater. There's three dead and seven injured. Where? Lafayette, Louisiana. Oh, Lord. Yep, so we went into a theater. Right now? Yeah, it's ongoing right now. Well, listen, people, I tell you, be safe. Do not interact with people. Do not. There was a 58-year-old white man. That's sad. I'm sad. He's one of the dead. You are the underdog here, people, but be safe and be smart. I already told you, without prejudice, Joe, comma, agent, four, you can write um, without recourse. Agent four, write the all capital name and block. Or just write not the trustee. That's what you write on the ticket, not the trustee. What if he, he asked you to sign it, right? Yeah, I did sign it. I wrote that I'm not the trustee. You're not the trustee of that all capital name, people. They are. Your local representative congressionals are the agent. I mean, are the trustees? Okay, not you. You're the agent. You have to. Uh, I think someone posted uh, last week the UCC codes that say. If you don't separate yourself and identify yourself as to who you are to that all-capital name, you are the one responsible for what you sign. Well, okay? Yeah. yeah. Um, people understand, okay, because uh, I've been signing that way for two weeks now. Even the bank looks at it, they don't say a word. Not a word. I mean, be safe. This was very perilous times for America. And when I say perilous, it's because when you see them bringing people in through the borders, no papers, and getting paid $3,000 a month in benefits, uh, somebody was just telling me, uh, and they posted on the wall, how come they always talk about taking away the Social Security benefits, but they never talk about taking away the welfare and the SSI? Because that's an insurance program, people. That Social Security that you're paying into is a pro, uh, an insurance. And then they'll say, well, you weren't required. You weren't, nobody made you. Yes, they did. They do make you because I even spoke to IRS and told them, I don't want to pay you um, Social Security benefits. I want to invest my, um, my money every year with a financial uh, corporation where they help you build it for when you retire. I said, do you have um, a waiver? They told me they didn't. And I said, if you don't have a waiver and I don't pay you, you're going to send the feds to kick my door in. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, I'm not sure they'll kick your door in. I go, you know they will. You don't have a waiver this is mandatory that we have to pay into the Social Security program. But I'm just letting you guys know, you hold the Social Security number, and the Social Security number with the dashes is a debt instrument. It is your debit card. And everything you put that social in, um, if you don't sign as an agent, you're responsible for the payment, for the debt. Here's another thing, too. 
that I was discussing earlier with one of my friends who was just speaking a minute ago, Ms. Piper, that when you go into bankruptcy court, you know how you just lost your house. And you'll see that they immediately tell you, oh, well, I don't know, you're just going across the street to the bankruptcy court. Did you know that when you go into bankruptcy court and you sign up so they won't take your house, right? Right. Um, you go in there, did you know you just validated that you were the debtor? Mm-hmm. You're playing their game. And what, yeah, what are they doing to you when you do that? They're a bank, right? What are they doing? They're restructuring the debt. I even had a lawyer tell me, a trust lawyer from the um, the bankruptcy court. She says, well, you know that... Uh, now, this is actually from a trustee because I was helping my friend type up his paperwork and they were asking me some questions. And um, they had asked me if I had... Am I a trust lawyer... And I said, no, I don't need to know any trust. I don't do bankruptcies. I stopped them. Why? Because when you go and file for bankruptcy, all they do is restructure the debt. And she said that it confirms that when you ran across the street or you ran over to the bankruptcy court, you have just went in there to tell them that you owe the money, right? Why are you running across the street? Because you don't want them to take your house, right? But really what you're doing is you're telling that courthouse that you are the one who owed all those debts. And you see how they make you fill out a financial statement? And they ask you for all your assets? Now you really owe some debts because you 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 put all of your, your property on there and you say how much each one you owed, right? Each value of each one, your your college papers you know, your college schooling debts, your um, tuition, your house, your cars, right? They make you put everything on there, right, and how much you owe. You've just confirmed to the bankruptcy court that you owed the money. You're telling them, I owed this, I need you to restructure it. Mm-hmm. Now you just validated that you owed the money, and the lady told me, um, she was explaining to me, she didn't need to explain to me because she was really trying to cover her butt and trying to run away from me because I said that she was a trustee, she had to pay the bill. And she actually tried to fire herself. But the judge knew better, and he wouldn't let her fire herself, because then he would have to pay the bill. So (laughs) what happened was that she was saying, you know, you have to pay the debt. We didn't say that the debt is going to go away when you file for bankruptcy. And just because you file for bankruptcy, this is in the bankruptcy rules, too. That doesn't mean that you're insolvent. That doesn't mean that you don't have a way to pay. All they're going to do is restructure all of your debts, and they're going to make you pay it anyway, but maybe in lower amounts. And you're just going to finish paying it off at the bankruptcy court. But now you really have to pay it, people, because you just went to them and told them that you owed the money to these people when it was really the birth certificate that should have covered it. Well, let me tell you, let me break in here for just a minute. See, everybody, you, this is why they, where they've been tricking you. One of the major problems that we have is the fact that it's money. And that's what cost me the right, the money doctor. 
Because all these people are telling you to pay, 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 and you have nothing to pay with. You know, child support, tickets, alimony, uh, car payment, there's nothing to pay this with. Mm-hmm. All right? And when I, when I started really learning what was going on behind the scenes in some of these courts, all right, with these bond accounts, these trust accounts, and these social security accounts and stuff, and how they were selling your signature, I'm like, why in the hell are they telling us to hand over Federal Reserve notes or sweat equity? We're just stealing all this behind the scenes. I mean, they they just out now robbing the American people. Not only that, but you know what you're listed as, people? Not only are you being listed as a debtor when you're really the creditor, you're the creditor because you saw what they did is they switched roles when they stole your equity. You're the credit of the nation, people. You're the asset, but because your mom signed you away, now you're the debtor. You have to work and pay the people who are not really the creditors. And that's why we know that you're going to hear this word. You can go look it up, okay? They call you waste, W-A-S-T-E, like human waste. They call you human waste. I saw it in the stress book, too. I was appalled. They call you useless eaters, debtor, obligor. Look up the word transmitting utility, and you'll pull it up in um, Legal Information Institute. You're going to see all of the things that they call you. There's going to be a whole list. Shadow. When you look up the word transmitting utility, oh, you're listed as an animal under the Department of Agriculture. The um, Vatican calls you a monster. You're defined as a monster. Let me tell you, you're listed as a beast. Yep. Who do these people think they are? God. We are not any of those things, people, but it's time for everyone in listening to this show. you got to wise up. Um, this week we got a new tactic, and I'll, I'll try to post it online. Uh, give me at least a good 24 hours to get it up there because I'm working on it, and I was working on it, like I said, before the show. Um, Piper. Yes. Tell Southern what someone you knew was told today that they said Obama passed this law (laughs) about Um, the weekend when we know it's a bunch of crap. Right. Uh, Yeah, an individual that is going through a little bit of a probationary period was attending a class, and the gentleman that was teaching the class had told these people in this class that starting as of tomorrow, Obama had passed uh, a law called a non-resistant weekend in Tarrant County, Texas. And it consisted of any official or law enforcement officer has every right to pull over, detain, and they are going to draw people's blood at random. And it's perfectly 100% legal, and if anybody does resist, that they will 
you know, apparently wound up suffering some consequences. When the people in the class kind of questioned, you know, hey, it's against our rights, he's like, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, I know it's against your rights and everything, but you know what, uh, we're going to watch this clip. So mm-hmm. he proceeded to show them a clip of a raw stop. And in this raw stop, the guy they happened to pull over um, was really afraid of needles. And everybody's got phobias. And uh, they told him what they were going to do. And he wasn't, he wasn't saying no, but this guy was really afraid of needles. So when he started to freak out when apparently the guys were coming up with a little kit, uh, he freaked out a little bit too much. They saw it as a massive resistance. So five of other officers apparently approached him from behind, threw him down, beat him up, put him on a chair, strapped him with leather straps, and proceeded to draw his blood. This was the, the mental example that was shown to these people in this class that if they resist this weekend on any random stop, that this is what would happen. So, and he said, thanks to Obama, he said, it's perfectly legal. They can pretty much do anything, and it's perfectly legal. Well, there's a problem. They think they can't. This is why we're working now. Uh, I'm working with something. Because we're going to have to start speaking up for ourselves and saying no I, I have people. a question, Southern. I wanted to ask you, though. Um, I didn't know for sure, but I, I told her. The president just doesn't put something in the law, right? And the state are claiming that Obama put this in the law, and now this weekend they get to implement it. I, I was saying that I, that's impossible because they're a corporation, and he doesn't just implement laws that will be used in a certain county. No, he's not. That, I'm telling you, that's not. See, let me, let me explain something to everybody. All right, and they've been caught at this. These counties, these states... They want you to fear the federal government mm-hmm. because, they're, because they're afraid of it. See, they, they understand what's going on here. They know you are citizens of the United States, okay? And that's why they treat you the way they do, because you're the enemy of the state. I keep telling people this, and they don't want to hear it. All right? The federal government... Uh, a classic example is guns. Uh, I know what a firearm is. It, it's, a, it's a machine gun, sawed-off rifle, sawed-off pistol, shotgun, a sawed-off shotgun or a, a silencer. The federal government charges a $200 stamp tax to buy one. That's it. You can carry it anywhere you want and do whatever you want to with it to kill people. And that's the end of the story. It's not the federal government that's making you get these licenses, people. It is your state. It is not your federal government that makes you get a firearm carry license. It's your state. It is not the federal government that makes you get a marriage license. It's states. You need to seriously think over who your friends are. Okay? There was uh, uh, some incidences uh, a year or so ago where they were taking people's blood and DNA, and these people were alleged to be federal agents, okay? And one of them, by the way, was in Texas. I don't know what's going on in Texas, but this was a giant traffic stop. And lo and behold, one of the guys that was supposed to be a federal agent was a police officer in the next county over. He was a sheriff's officer standing there wearing a federal uh, 
uh, law enforcement, uh, FBI, I think it was FBI, U.S. Marshals. Oh, man. Hello. Hello. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We lost you for a minute. Yeah. Oh, sorry. But uh, he ended up turning out to be a deputy sheriff from another county. They got recognized at the stop, and they started taking pictures, and all of a sudden, the guy's in the pocket. You're breaking up again. Sorry. They jumped in their cars and started hauling butt in different directions. But that one guy was definitely identified as a sheriff in another county. See, what they do is they bring people in from different counties and they make you pretend that it's the feds doing this. Remember one thing. Every state has, and Danny, you know this because you just met with them, has their own FBI and their own U.S. Marshals. Okay? And Danny just met with two of them. Remember that. And the people that... Just so you know, guys, we are listening to um, a show. Sorry about mm-hmm. that. This show is called um, Legal Deceptions Community Call, and I want to thank you for doing your broadcast. I'm chiming in. I'm Donaldson. I'm listening, and I'm also broadcasting your show on my own talk show. And you feel free to mute me out whenever you want. I'll put my hand up, okay? Okay. Okay. All right, you guys. So... Basically, what he's saying is true, you guys, about them doing that. And maybe that could have been, I was thinking now, uh, Piper said that they were showing a video to these um, people that were in this program to scare them. A man who was being forcefully taking his DNA, his blood, right, by video, Okay. And they could do that, you know, like they use these crisis actors, people, like we see on TV. And I promise you that the president did say, I heard it, that that, um, what was that school shooting up north? Sandy Hook. Sandy Hook. He said, I heard him in the news, he said that was just a, um, uh, what do you call it, like a drill? It was not real. Do you know how many people were upset about that drill? They didn't even know it was a drill. They thought it was real. But he waited like six to eight months later to claim that it was a drill. Well, let me let me say something. <laughs> he may not have known at the time it was a drill. Because I'm gonna tell you something. These there's uh these local police out here, all right? Uh and their little buddies they're doing things to make people believe one thing because they're the last thing they want. So you have, uh, that's the best way to put this. You have a mental war going on, a psychological warfare going on here. Yeah, psychological. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. They want you to believe that the big bad federal government is coming out here and this state has to protect you from it. Well, I don't see the states protecting us at all. And I see, uh, you know, let me say something. At all. I have <laughs> never in my life been pulled over by a U.S. Marshal and written a ticket or an FBI agent and written a ticket. Never in my life have I been pulled over by either one of them. 
Now, I don't see FBI riding our streets, stalking us, okay, for revenue. I don't see U.S. Marshals doing it. But I do see these here corporate street thugs doing it, okay? And I call them out for what they are. These people are mercenaries. And they're policy enforcers. They are not police, policy, police. Does anybody know what a police? (laughs) The first use of police in this country was? You can look it up in the Slavery Codes of Virginia. I've got to get Uh, that back to you, as a matter of fact. You can post it on the wall. It was called the Virginia Slave Patrol. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They, They used to, back in the old days, when they had um, when a slave needed to uh, leave the plantation, he had to get a license from his master. And the plantation owners all got together, and they would hire these people to patrol the roads to check the slaves to see if they had a license to travel out on the road. If he didn't have a license, he got whipped to take him back to his master. These people, believe it or not, were called police, and it was their job to police the slaves. That Hmm? Let me let me add this. That was not me. I'm Donaldson, by the way. Uh, I'm in San Francisco, and I made a, a public records access request of the legal assistant for San Francisco Police Department, and um, I got back some very telling information because I gave a, a list of ten names, and that included the. Um, uh, chief of police. First of all, the chief of police does not have a certificate of registration registration certificate of a peace officer. None of them are peace officers. That's exactly what I received back. The 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 legal assistant was happy to help me and happy to tell me that she had no peace officer oath of office registration certificates for any of them. And she told me that they only take an oath in the academy, and that's not even a written down oath, and they just hold up their hand. So. Yeah, it's corporation, um, but in in essence, they're doing two roles. Police officers, from my research, are actually uh, playing two roles. They're they're playing the role of the private actor and the public actor simultaneously, which makes them the sovereign citizens. And so, what we need to really focus on is that's that's why federal government is going to be trying to get their hands in all of the state government's police activities is is because of their focus on sovereign citizens. So, I mean, I just gave you a lot of food for thought, I know, but hope, hopefully the audience is with it. Oh, well, there's no well, such thing as a sovereign citizen. Well, let me add something. Go ahead. The, the, these police are all registered under your Secretary of State, and the majority of them are domiciled or registered in Delaware as foreign, as foreign entities. I know in the state of Florida, all the sheriff's departments, Every one of them. I don't. And, and you call yourselves elected constitutional constitutional elected sheriffs. You work for the judiciary in the state of Florida. It's in the United, It's in the Florida statutes. You answer to the judges. You do not answer to the people. And until you answer to the people, you're not a constitute. There's no such thing as a constitutionally elected law enforcement agent. Mm-hmm. The Constitution never gave anybody the authority to elect any law enforcement or anybody over the people. It doesn't give it. No Not to mention, you don't have a license 
Let me put another thing that's very important that we found from Rod Class's um, South Carolina, North Carolina cases. Mm-hmm. He got four rulings, and they actually subpoenaed the attorney general who came as a witness and validated that the police are not um, officers of the state or the government. No. They were acting at a private capacity as a private corporation. If you ask them for their licensed corporation that trained them, they will become extremely terrified. Not them themselves. Their their headmasters become extremely upset because they know they were not trained by any government. They're actually being tra- trained by a private corporation, and they're being licensed. Um, they're given a license, like as a maybe an LLC. Um, as a matter of fact, Tarrant well, County, their police is a, a police association. They're an association. I have oh, a Dun and Bradstreet report right here in my hand in front mm-hmm. of me. It says Anchorage, common municipality of, also traded as Anchorage Police. Dunn's number zero three six four one three zero six five. That's a corporation. Well, let me tell you, in a lot of these states, these police officers are licensed. You need to read that license doc, people, because let me tell you something. The, the license thing here is interesting because under a license, you be, you don't, you, these people can license, just think about the greatest licensed person of all time. That was a guy named James Bond. He had a license to kill. You can license some, the right people can license somebody to do anything they want and give them authority through that license. All right? And what you got is a private corporation licensing another private corporation to do something. And that's exactly what's going on out there. And the corporation could be called, now listen to this, Amorica was trying to tell you guys this on, on legal deception. There is no state of Florida state of Texas, state of North Carolina, okay? Those are also franchises. They are subdivisions and corporations of the parent company, which is the federal government. And when they give you that license, they're the corporation giving you a license to do business, um, to do white-collar crime, to uh, be mercenary. These police officers are being given a license to kill, maim, and harm, right? Mm-hmm. And they're being licensed by the state of Florida or state of whatever, right? But look mm-hmm. at what look at the way it's worded, people. State of Florida, right? It's in all capital letters. If I can mm-hmm. find it, I'll show you. Um, I'll try to put that online too. I have the actual document of when the state of Florida became a corporation, and it was, and it has the name of the. Um, I'm not sure if they're the grand tours or or the corporate heads. Guess where they they were. Um, the state of Florida was actually uh, cor- incorporated by some men from New York. It said New York, New York was the address. Mm-hmm. I've got to put that online so you guys can see that this is incredible. Where you think that we're talking about a state, people, we are not talking about a state. This is what Don 
a.k.a. Amorica, was trying to tell you guys the other day, there is no state of Florida. There is no city of Miami. There is no county of Miami-Dade or Broward or whatever the name of your county is, right, or township. Those are names of corporations and franchises, people. That's hey, why can you, hear you can't me? sue them because they're a corporation. Mm-hmm. You guys hear me okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. A second ago you said there were no states. Technically, there are no states, and I can pull up the documentation. I have a PDF Mm -hmm. for the state of Florida when they became a corporation. So when the state of Florida, the corporation, right, which is a subdivision of the District of Columbia, District of Columbia is the um, the feds, right, Uh, the United States of America, um, they are subdivisions. They are in court, and then the cities are called Inc. Incorporations. You can look them up on Municode, M-U-N-I-C-O-D-E dot com. You will see that they're incorporated. You'll find their headquarters of the um, counties and the cities, and you do not have a um, a district, a county. You don't have um, a real state. Now, if the state is a corporation and they're giving these officers of the police association or whatever a license, right? The Mm -hmm. actual attorney general told me, yeah, we give out the license to the businesses, but we don't have no jurisdiction over them. And I asked her, do you not have a jurisdiction because you're really a corporation? And they are corporate. You know, they stayed silent. They, as a matter of fact, they put me on hold for three minutes. They didn't. They tried to change the subject. <laughs> you can't Funny, have you know, jurisdiction over another corporation. I wanted to give you some some ver- um, like uh, confirmation mm-hmm. about that, but in an area that I don't think a lot of people have bothered to look. And I was just reading the Constitution of the United States. Um, and I wanted, it's in the Article 3, Section 2, Clause 3, talking of the trial of all crimes, except in cases mm-hmm. of impeachment, shall be by jury. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. So, and, and such trials shall be held in the state where the said crimes shall have been committed. Now, this is a crucial part right here. It just said that the trial, right, shall be held in the state where the said crimes shall have been committed. Now listen to this. But when not committed within any state, the trial shall be at such place or places as the Congress may by law have directed. And just so you guys are aware, Congress has elected to organize a body called the Administrative Offices of the U.S. Courts, and they basically are in charge of assisting the judiciary in administrative process for the judicial um, branch. And so the reason why that's important is because if we're not getting the jury trials and there's judges in the courtrooms, which is not, which is not in harmony with the Constitution, um, then is it fair to say that we are not in a state when they're even accusing us, a legislative state, when they're accusing us 
of their, their crime. I'm sorry, we're not in a du jour state, in other words, that somehow we've wandered into the twilight zone of no statehood and therefore, um, you know, Congress can, you know, we're going to be run through their inferior selection of, of courts or whatnot, you know, administrative yeah, courts, basically. Yeah, because the public, you notice that the public doesn't have justice. The no. public side, when you're going in there, like I got this document, I had filed once a declaratory judgment. Well, I got my answer because they didn't address it in court. They mailed it to me. You know what it said? It had a rubber stamp on the right-hand corner, and it said state opposed, right? didn't say state of Texas. It didn't say anything about what state. And I, and I wrote back, and I wrote, what state are we talking here? A state of mine? Mm-hmm. A state as in the state of Texas? Or the corporation state? You, right. you, what does that mean, state opposed? Exactly. And they're, what they're doing is they're saying, well, you, can, you guys, you can tell that they're not holding us, that we're not in a state when we go into those guys' those courtrooms. Okay? Nope. When we go into those courtrooms, we are not in the de jure state. So just remember that they're, you're not in the state, and the reason that you're not in the state is because they're giving you all this different administrative procedure to follow, okay? And they're not giving you the jury for the matter over $20, and there's no gold and silver coin to back the money, and there's a judge mm-hmm. in the courtroom. Who's not really a judge. Right, they're nope. just administrative judges, right. Well, they're actually administrative. They call themselves a judge. I don't know what right. they're judging, but they're not really judges, people. You know what they are? I'm going to tell you what they're called because I'm, I, I am one, but I'm not a, I didn't take that position. They are called public administrators. Chief executive officers? No, they're public administrators. Okay. Public administrator. That's right, because that's what I major in. I public administration. I, I also major in healthcare administration. And guess what we have, what we study? We study the law. <laughs> and guess what kind of law? It's called public policy. So I'm actually teaching you guys the administrative. I have a lot of different good things about going to college. It's just, you know, that it's sad that when I look at my own manuals, I went back to my manuals, okay? And I'm like, holy crap, I went to college and I'm learning all, I'm going back to my books and realizing that what these people are administering to you is public policy the judges are really public administrators, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have a book right here, and it's called Texas Rules, right? I bought this when I first came here because of that traffic ticket, and I wasn't from Texas, mm-hmm. but I got pulled over in Texas, and I didn't really know what the laws were here because I'm not from Texas. And so I started realizing you know, no matter what you write, they don't really care, but guess what I look? I took a photograph inside the books, people. I have a 2010 Federal Civil Rule Handbook, right? It's copyrighted. Mm-hmm. You get it? <laughs> Federal Civil Rule. And it's copyrighted. So you know what? What does that tell you? That's why I'm telling you guys, you do not simulate a legal process because... 
you are not, um, you are in violation. Do you know why they tell you to sit down and shut up? Because um, these You're deemed not legally competent. No, not only that, but look what it says here. Here's the other book I have. 2009, Texans Rules, Civil Trials, right? Okay. By, by listen to who wrote it, Michael O'Connor and Brian P. Davis, right? And if you look really carefully in the book, it says, um, where is it at? Got a suggested site from O'Connor's Texas Rules Civil Trials 2009, Houston, no, Houston, Texas, Jones McClure Publishing, right? And if you go down a couple of pages, guess what you find? The ISBN number and copyright 1991, 1992, 94 to 2009 by McClure FLP. You know what that's telling you, people? That these civil rules of procedure and federal rules that I just read to you right now, that's a 500-page book that it's no good for us. You know why? Because you got to draw a line again on the sand, the copyright. You cannot practice what's in that book because it has an author, and you have to have the author's permission to use their material. You are in violation of the copyright when you're going in there trying to practice the civil rules of procedure. And when mm-hmm. someone comes up to you and tells you, that ignorance is no excuse for the law. You know what you tell them? Well, you're right. That's why I'm not using no laws because it doesn't apply to me because your civil rule and federal rule handbook have authors, and guess what? That's private copyrighted material. We can't practice it. Okay, good point. Let me jump in. I just want to add to what you're saying, and that is that if it's copywritten, then that quantum grammar actually takes on a new meaning because if you understand how grammar works, you go in, you rewrite the law to, to be correct with this prepositional phrasing, and then it's not copyright infringement anymore, and they can't say that they don't understand it because it's English. Okay? Right, right. So we're just so what syntax do you do when is extremely you go important. Go ahead. What's that? You go in now and you write your own paperwork back, right? Correct. You write your own paperwork back as a complainant. Bingo, that's exactly where I was heading with that, is that you have to become the claimant. It's my understanding from my studies, and I'm sure you'll confirm this, That, uh, and I appreciate you letting me chime in this long, that the, if, if no one makes a claim and the judge is in the court, right, and it, it's, there's a state, it's generally the, the judge will pick the state law, and that will be the law of the case. But if the, the claimant or the plaintiff comes in with, you know, the law of the case generally, which is why it's crucial for everyone to counterclaim so they can become the plaintiff and, and then set the tone for the law of the case. That's right. And what is another important thing you can use, people, in your complaint? Well, first of all, you put a stamp on the right-hand corner and you put your first name on it, double dot, right? That's it. And then you write over that stamp. It has to be a $1 stamp. And as I referred to you, I just told you a minute ago, now I have, you know, I confirmed it to you through this 
book about trust, one dollar equals one hundred units, one dollar stamp equals one hundred. If um, they tell you you didn't pay enough, which I've never been told after a dollar stamp that I never paid enough, but that's, remember there's no such thing as not, uh, money. Think about numbers only and not money. Um, we have to change the setting for Very valuable can, information. Extremely um, valuable. Good point. Right, because there's no money and there never was. Remember, when they outlawed money, right, in 1933, you can use any number. And let me tell you how I know because I, I got this attorney right by the hook, and I know he's terrified right now because um, he knows I'm coming for him. I gave him, I counted 13 dollar signs on the bill that he gave me for $189,000 for the house that he just took from me. And then I put an estoppel with $1, I stopped six agencies from coming to that house. I got three police forces, I think, the property appraiser, the tax assessor, and the court itself. I put an injunction on them with $1 stamp. So then... Um, you mean, and you, you, mean you didn't put the stamp on your, on your material? Yes, you put it on the first page of your case. Okay. You write your name across diagonally in blue or purple ink, try to, you know, the best thing to get is a marker type pen so they can see that you scribbled something on there, but don't ever put a last name because that's copyright protected and trademarked and patented. Mm, the surname is copyright, trademarked, and patented by the crown, okay? So don't ever use the last name because they already own it. And actually your first name is owned too because when your mom registered you away, they took your first name too. And uh, that's why I'm called know, Donaldson. Well, not only that, but remember, your upper and lowercase name, um, see, when, you're, when your mom registered you away, uh, uh-huh. that's why I say use lowercase first name only or a nickname that's similar to your name, but your upper and lowercase name belongs to the IMF, okay? That's where um, the other part of the registration sneaky process is that they own your upper and lowercase name as well. So the only thing you can use is your lowercase name. What I do is I, and they get furious when I do it. I put two dots, the colon in the front, and I put a colon in the back of my name. I keep it lowercase. You can write a woman, agent, um, a woman on the land, a man on the land, um, and you write a uh, civilian, you, you know, one of the key features is you're a civilian. You're not a marshal. You know, you marshaled into the court. And um, you turn the paper over on page one only. Um, I, take notes. You turn that paper over and you write your name again. Signature only, double dot, agent, on behalf of the block, all capital name. Guess what you've just done? You've just booted the judge from the bench. Now the judge is not going to say anything, and um, the attorneys will try to call you and work something out like this attorney did for me the other day. They got my paperwork. The attorney called me, and she is furious. And she tried to call me by my last name, like she'll say, Miss Santiago, Miss Torres, Miss Torres. 
And I told her, I don't know who you're talking to because um, that belongs to the Federal Reserve. And she was getting more furious because um, they know that they have that name patented and trademarked. And um, uh, basically, you turn that paper over and you do it. First name, lower case, double dot, agent, on behalf of or write for the all capital name that's spelled identical to your birth certificate, okay? Or write it the way they wrote it on your um, court paper, spell it exactly the same way, but on the front. And here's another thing. Do not put your thumbprint on the stamp because, you know, they try to do state capture. Now, if you want to get a special seal that has your name and lowercase and signature and you want to devise yourself um, a little signature stamp, then you do that, but you must fill in the stamp and only the impression will leave a, a like a white space showing that um, your name. But do not do it where your name is contained inside the circle, but it, it's got to be like a seal like they used to have in the old days. You can go and look. Um, I have some pictures of the one that the queen uses. You're going to see like the wax seal that they use. It has to be filled in. It's a circle that's filled in. That's what seals it. And you'll see another type. Look on the birth certificate. And that has a special name to it. And if you look at all the birth certificates, you don't see a handwritten signature on it, people. You see a stamp. That's a seal by the deputy um, appointed representative who is in charge of that birth certificate. So, okay, you stamp, or you can just write your name over that stamp in a 45-degree angle, first name, double dot, right? Right below it, the stamp, you put the date. And make sure, people, that you do not forget to get the document notarized, okay? And then you, when you do your notary section, you should box it. Box the notary inside a box in the area. You know, like you guys are already used to adding the notary section. Box the notary, and you know, you write notary acknowledgement, right? But below it, you add as a witness only. To witness the signature only. Non-binding. Why? Because you're not binding that notary to your um, paperwork. Then, you know what I write in my paperwork? Followed by a quorum of her peers. Outside the box, um, I think I've given you a couple of my cases that I've put online as an example. You'll see that my notary section is boxed in, and in the actual paperwork, I write. You have to write in English, okay? Scribes and vows, okay? Not swears and scribes. Scribes mean that it already happened. You're speaking in past tense. And you need to say scribes and vows. That means whenever they open the document, that day your reading is the day I scribe and vow. And no matter when you read, if you read it tomorrow, it's the same thing, scribes and vows. Um, I noticed you didn't, you didn't say subscribe, but you said scribes, right? 
because anything sub is lower than its value. Subscribe. Continue. Yeah, so you you don't write. You write scribes and vowels to keep it in present tense. Um, Y'all might want to take an English course because, you know, we all all come. Let me tell you, I'm not no better than you, okay? I love English. (laughs) I love what you just said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not no better. Yeah, I'm no better. We're all human, (laughs) but we have to learn how to write in the present tense. Why? Because when you're going into court, like I just posted the other day, um, thou shalt not kill, okay? What you're saying is, or thou shall, thou shall go get a tag. You can tell an officer, well, I shall get the tag, right? Shall means one day in the near future. You heard me correctly. Shall means that is awesome. one day in the near future. So mm-hmm. when you tell that, right, what is the Bible saying? Thou shalt not kill. What you're really saying is, you shall not kill one day in the future, but for now it's okay. Wow. Thou shall not steal. Well, yeah, one day in the near future I shouldn't steal or I won't steal, but today I will. Remember, shall means future tense, not today. And these Babylonians and these people who wrote in the Bible... They were not stupid people, okay? And they did not come from some kind of ancient time machine. They knew they were just as smart as we were today mentally. But maybe they created things, like you might have seen something called the bad bad battery, right? They're huge. They had batteries in that time, people. You know, the way we created things may have been different, but the mind never changed. Never. I'm telling you, we are operating in the same way as the Babylonians did 6,000 years ago. And basically, we're going to have to learn how to write in the present tense. And that's why you look at some of my papers, people, and you're thinking it's written up kind of weird. Well, it's not really weird because the judge understands my writing very clearly. And they know that when you start writing in a weird manner, um, they will definitely not want to talk to you. Look, I, Listen, I don't even deal with lawyers anymore, okay? I'm dealing with general counsels. Can I, mean, can I run something by you? Head huh? Let me run something and I, this, this by you real quick. It's to sign. I have no DMV ID. Just so you, I've been that way for five years. And I, was, I had this idea. I'll go and sign it in quantum with the full colon, and uh, I, I want your opinion, should I leave out the last name, for the, first of all, on the signature, and secondly, since it's a unilateral contract, I wouldn't have to give notice of any type of grammar issue uh, or, or definitions, but um, I was going to take that ID and then go and create a quantum claim like of, to the life, or just a quantum claim saying that I'm, I'm going to, you know, I choose to, to contract with public agencies using special, you know, prepositional phrase writing, you know what I mean? Then, like, get that mm-hmm. notarized with my, and then, you know, sign it in, in quantum, and then get that, you know, authenticated, and then even maybe even apostilled, so I get it, you know, triple triple witnessed 
that I'm actually making this claim, and they and then there's no way that these state judges can actually go around and you know and say that I don't have an intention to contract in this you know this format. What do you think about that? Well, what I'm what I would do, like I suggest, this is a suggestion, people. But I'm gonna tell you, don't go out and do what I what I say. You know, except for some of the ideas that I give you about writing what I'm getting ready to do this week, my new plan, but um, you take power of attorney over that birth certificate. Do what? And get take power of attorney over that birth certificate, right? Mm-hmm. And then what you do, you know how you have a notary page? Okay, you do the notary page and you do three of them. You know how the, you know the banks, they like to play dirty, right? And they have certain pages where they allonge the note and they don't follow chain of command, right? You know what they do? They take out certain pages out of their bank instruments and they switch them and and they change the dates and everything. And if you notice on the page, you, you may not have noticed that the only thing on the page is where you'll see an executive or the trustee's signature, right? Okay. And it'll have a date on it. And it'll show, like, some other person's name there as a witness. And they'll say that they're from Mears. Well, they're not really from Mears, okay. But um, you look at it really carefully, and you can see that it's a page that you can take the whole page out and switch it. And they keep launching the note because that page is interchangeable. So what do you do? You do the power of attorney over the birth certificate, and you create three notarial pages. And you go to three different notaries, and you get them notarized. On pay, let's say I have a three-page power of attorney for the birth certificate. So what you do is you get it notarized, followed by a quorum of your peers, which you get three people, right? And you do it three times by three different notaries. And you get three um, three sets of quorums of your peers. It becomes a final judgment. And now you take that with you, and no matter where you lay that puppy, I tell you, everyone will run away from that paper. So that's exactly what I was just asking you. Thank you very much. You you totally answered it. You totally answered my question for me. Um, thank you. Because I can put an three- example. If you guys yeah. want an example, I'll take the example one that I created, the um, power of attorney. Oh. Mm-hmm. I actually got it from somebody else that threw it online, but we added some more provisions to it, like AB Anisio that somebody didn't put in. And I thank the person, whoever put it out there, because I used it and modified it. And um, you, all I did was I added three notarial pages. So you pull the one out. Say the first notary does it, right? You remove that page, you go to another notary and get it notarized. Again, followed by a quorum of your peers, people. And remember, look at my quorum of my peers. I do write on their non-trustee, okay? Without recourse, non-trustee, all rights reserved. Why? Because you don't want your witnesses to get in trouble, and they won't. As long as you word it right. The most important word you must have on your document, which I put this in that one case, is that you are not the trustee. That makes the attorney totally liable, along with the judge, for any smart 
moves that they think they're going to make, I will tell you that that judge will not touch it. Um, I'll put it up. I know I have a lot of things to put up, so I'll keep a little mental note here. I'm going to give you an example. Somebody had already put this on the website. Me and Southern added a couple of provisions, and Denny did too, to the power of attorney. And guess what? Denny, you filed your power of attorney, right? Yep, I did. He had a nasty clerk, and... um, she treated him like a dog a couple of times, and then I called her a couple of times, and I put her in her place, and um, she tried to get cute, but then when I started telling her who I was, uh, she got kind of scared, and then she told him to come back and treated him even more nastier than the last time. Yep. And then I called her again, and I said, did you think I wasn't going to call you again and call you out? I'm going to report you now. But she was terrified. And she kept saying that um, she wasn't being mean to him at all. And I said, no, you're in violation of, um, you're in ADA violation right now. Because remember, everybody, everybody who goes into a courtroom is treated as an infant and child. Number one. Number two, whatever you write in your court case, um, you must remember to rebut the 12 presumptions of law of the bar guild. The bar guild? The bar guild, the the American Bar Association. You got to rebut it because... Remember, the prosecutor, you know, like the judge, she comes in and says, I need to appoint you an attorney. Mm -hmm. No, that's why I tell you to file your claim at least a day or two in advance to give the judge a chance to read it so they can see that you're rebutting the 12 presumptions of law. Oh, you're talking about Um, waiving your right to be tried in a venue authorized by statute. Well, we don't talk about statutes because they don't apply to us. And the reason why the statutes don't apply is because why? You know why they don't apply? Well, first of all, they're written for the government, according to the Constitution. But secondly, they're they're written in fraud par se, and I'm a man. And actually, I'm a man meaning that I haven't subscribed to – there's no contract in place. But at the same time, it's implied by conduct. So I need to be aware of my conduct, I suppose, if I don't want the, uh, the contract to stick. Well, the most important reason is because, first of all, you're a man and you don't commingle with corporations. Number two, it would be a copyright violation under the Crown Corporation. It tells you very clearly. And um, that means I'd have to... I'll have to show you these um, things that you need to write in your notice of claim, okay? You have to put these in there. You need to let them yeah. know that it's a copyright violation for you to act or perform on behalf of any corporation because it's a violation of the Crown. It's right there in the Crown's um, PDF under the U.S. model. If you do what they tell you to do, you've already committed a crime. If you do what they tell you to do in court and you shut up and you sit down and you spit out your gum and you take your hat and sunglasses off, 
you've just given in and given consent by listening to what the judge said. Why? Because the Crown Corporation under the U.S. model says that anything um, written by the state or local government is copyright protected and enforced by the Crown. And it says you are not allowed to act, perform, copy, cite, or use, or write anything written in state or local law, not even... This is what I was telling the people the other day. You want the FBI knocking on your door? Assimilate a legal process and you will see them knocking on your door. You can't subpoena a judge. You can't subpoena a police officer that way. You know how people try to hold their own courts? Mm-hmm. The reason why they come out to your door is because you're simulating the legal process. Now, it won't happen to everybody now. It depends on how smart these court-appointed people are. Some of them aren't smart, so they don't know, but here in Texas, they did send the FBI out. In the state of Georgia, under the Georgia Constitution, it lists several courts, and one of the courts that's listed in the Georgia Constitution is a commission notable public. So if you're doing your documents and holding your court a record through uh, a, a, a commission notary public, that's a legal document. That's, that's an authorized court under the Constitution of the state of Georgia. Yeah, but remember, the Constitution of the state of Georgia is copyright. Yeah, it is. That's why you got to box it. you got to box it because um, – the co- all state laws and constitutions are copyright protected. Go right on their website and scroll to the bottom of the page and you will see the copyright. Once you see the copyright, you cannot perform or assimilate any legal process. Like when they tell you to sit down and shut up, say, well, I don't have a license, sir, so let me step out of the room. Remember, a license is to do something that would be otherwise illegal. And what would that mean? That means that you would be acting like a slave. Are you a licensed slave? No. Mm, What you do is you say, excuse me, sir, let me step out of the room. Do not stay there and take that gum out of your mouth. Do not stay there and take that hat off. Excuse me, may I? I'm going to take leave now. And you leave that room. And if they say, Well, where are you going to? You can't take leave. Say, I'm taking leave because I don't take orders. Unless you're planning on paying me, you could just say, Is that an order? You know what they're going to say? No, because they can only make suggestions to you. When you start asking them, Is that an order? Don't let them arrest you. Just say, I'm going to take leave now, and you walk out that room. Do not submit. That is called a peaceful resistance. You walk out that door, and you just um, go to the clerk and say, I need a rehearing, a rescheduled hearing or whatever. Because if you've already walked in and you didn't get to address the matter because the judge is trying to lock you into a contract or a presumption, you know what else I write on my papers? 
If I gave you any indication by my facial expressions or body language that I am accepting your offer to contract, I say make no mistake because I don't. Because the first thing I heard this week is three people have now told me that the judge used that chewing gum, take your hat off and sunglass off trick because you went in there knowing who you were. So I've heard it three times this week. Three different courts in three different states use that take your hat off, take your gum, take your glasses off now. If you do it, guess what? You've just contracted with the judge. It's called an express contract. I'm teaching, listen, these people are trained, they're white collar trained to rob you and trick you. That's why we say they work for the devil. They give themselves a license to deceive. That's why Satan is the father of lies. Whether he was a man or an angel, we don't know what he was. But I'll tell you one thing, that is one great master deceiver because when you think that you're free, you are you are definitely not free. See, all they did was create a new name for slavery. Now you're a prisoner of war living in this giant pen, a, a, a fictitious state that doesn't even exist. Remember that. The state is a corporation. When you see all capital letters, that means we are not talking about a real territory here. We are talking about a corporation who gave another corporation. Imagine, you know what the state is really? Let's just give you an example. State of Georgia. All they do is give you a license, right? Their job is to give licenses licenses out to corporations, LLCs, sole propriety, um, statutory trusts, all kinds of um, different um, uh, commerce, different forms of commerce. They license you, but they're as a corporation. They're not a real government. And that's why they have no jurisdiction over the other. What they create in commerce, they have no jurisdiction over. Mm. You're Which is why whenever you claim the name, uh, let's say you give them your name and birthday, and you're in a, a, a small town somewhere, you know. Uh, once you've given them your name and birthday, see, because the the birth certificate, right, mm-hmm. is is actually a beneficiary certificate, right, right? and and we would be the beneficiaries, supposedly, supposedly right? It's okay. Well, the I get it. Yeah, the idea is that it the it's a contract too. The the it, under state. Uh, well, some case law, actually, the courts held that the, the beneficiary certificate is actually a contract, and the bylaws of a private corporation are a part of that contract. So when they get the birth date and the, and the, na- uh, the name, they have ju- you've just contracted in. You just, you just put yourself in their venue. Oh. Well, not only that, but here's the thing. Then you know what you'd be telling them? If I'm in a contract with you as an employee, then you owe me royalties. <laughs> right, then you can be, so it's not too bad to contract in as long as you offer your conditions. As long as you remember to tell them that they yeah. got to pay you. Right, wow. Which is and why you can in the, also some of the, write that of, in your complaint. Ahead. you got to write yeah. that in your complaint. Interesting. That if you feel that I have contracted with you by holding this corpus, 
and you don't ever call it a birth certificate. You just call it a corpus certificate. Or you say, by my having in my possession a corpus defendant, or but I, I wouldn't say defendant. That's what it is. But you just say, by holding this corpus certificate, right? When you start saying corpus, they already know that you've been doing your homework. Say, then you owe me royalties and compensation. If you're saying I'm an employee, um, people, please go to Municode.com and go look up your charter. What is it? Some of those, <laughs> some of those charters, not only did they claim to be a corp, uh, you know, like a subdivision and incorporation, they claimed to own you. They said they right. own their inhabitants. That's right. That's true. Yep. So you know what I'd be saying? Well, if you own me, Mr. Commissioner, then you know what, Master? Here's my bill. Come and pay them. Right. That's where infancy and you comes in, right? The charter. Yeah, you circle the charter where it says they own you and say, Master, here's my bill. <laughs> Good stuff. You remember that? A long time ago, the Master paid the bills for the slaves. Well, you know what? We know we're still slaves, so here, Master, pay the bill. But can you selectively do that? Oh, I got in that? trouble, Master. Here, get me out of here. Can you can you do that by based on the circumstance? Like in one circumstance, you could just be like, okay, well, if you want to presume to be the master, pay my bill. But then in another circumstance, expressing yourself completely, you know, wholly legally competent. I had a judge call me the day before court and tell me that I was a ward of the state and snickered about it. And the next day she pretended like she didn't know me because when I went in there, man, I was... Whew, I was a hot mess, and she just didn't even want to look. She was right looking down at that paper. And then she looks at me and says, "Sign this." And I wrote "refused" on there. You know what she wrote on? You know what she wrote? That I didn't show up for court. <laughs> the attorney wouldn't even look at me. People, you if you learn to use a new language on them, they will not even bother talking to you. Really. Because you know what? You don't express your opinions in court because, remember, when you talk to them, they don't hear you. Mm. Why? Because they're not talking to you. They're talking to the corpus. You know, it's like, okay, I even gave you guys an example last week. When your mom gave birth to you, I don't think you, you, you know, you, if you, I'm only talking to people that have been inside the birthing room. But here's a good example. Your your wife was giving birth, or someone that you know, you attended a birthing suite. You notice how the nurses and the doctor, right, that they're in there doing an automated process and they don't even acknowledge you? Yeah, you see true. them doing the movements, but they're not looking at you. They're just sitting in there and they'll say, it's a girl. They call your baby an it. And I also let people know last week that when the baby is born, if you don't give the baby a name, it'll walk out being called baby boy or baby girl and your last name in all capital letters. It won't, oh, and here's another thing. It won't say capital baby boy or baby girl. It's written in um, upper and lower case. It'll say Baby girl, but it'll say it in upper and lower case, right? Mm-hmm. But the last name will be capitalized. Because the last name 
is the um, patent and trademark by um, the, uh, the Crown Corporation. The upper and lower case name, if you don't name your baby, that goes to the IMF. Your first name is actually, I think, is what your first and middle is um, IMF. And remember, the middle name means nothing. So if you're going to use your middle name, I suggest that you merge it the way Jesus showed you. You merge your first name with your middle name because middle in, in um, the middle name means uh, misnomer. That means it means nothing. It's called, um, let me see, it's cognomen. Cognomen means a family name. That's your last name. Crayonomen is your first name. You know, nomen means name. So your middle name, uh, and, and agnomen is like, like when you're called um, doctor, or I mean like, uh, let me just say like um, uh, Julius Caesar, and we'll put down um, the terrorist. You know the, the actual nickname that they give you? That's called an agnomen. So if you have a middle name, that means no name at all. It has no value. It's nullified. So you always put your first and middle name together as one name. To hyphenate? Um, no. As a matter of fact, it said you to put it as one name. I'm, I was reading the rules for that. This is um, ancient um, <laughs> Roman uh, civil rules for um, writing the name. No men. You know how people say amen? Mm-hmm. Well, amen means no man. Right. You're, the saying a prayer. you're saying a prayer, and you finish off with amen, right? You know what you just said to you're saying to the master creator, no man has spoken to you. Yeah, no, no men, exactly. Yeah, because of the A, having a vowel in mm-hmm. front of that. Yeah. I've but done the 200 hours or more of, of grammar research. Oh, yeah. And you go into um, the etymology. You have to learn root etymology. And you, when you learn, like, um, the Bible... The Bible, people, is the word of God. Okay? The Bible is what? <laughs> the word of God. And guess what gods are called in the Bible? Judges. Oh, man. So guess what? And there's two books in the Bible, Adam and Eve, part one and two. You know what it said throughout the whole two sections of the Bible? that they, You know why they took it out? Because if you were to read it, you'd be in shock. It says that God was the word. Get it? God is the word, and the mm. word is God. So what is that telling you? Well, isn't that, that if first you John? Know, huh? That's John first. That's first John. Actually, it says in the beginning uh, was the word, and the word was God, and the word was that's with God. That's right. And not only that. But it's in the first, there's two books in the Bible right after Genesis that were removed. Um, it, it, uh, it was called um, Adam and Eve, the book of Adam and Eve, part one and two. And you can get them on YouTube. There's a guy, he reads it to you. But if you listen very carefully to what they're saying, that's what it says. 
God is the Word, and the Word is God. That means the Word itself is God. Why? Because if you don't know the true meaning of the root meaning of that Word, guess what? These people have taken you down to a lot of... That's why I said Hmm. Satan is the greatest deceiver in the world. Like, you didn't know that saying amen means no man. But if you go into the rules of grammar, and I'm going to try to find you some good ones because I have a couple of places where I go to to look up grammar. And another thing you should be looking into a lot as and your spare time to educate yourselves is um, the United States Style Manual. That's right, Federal you, Style Manual, 2008. Yeah, you know why? It is so important because... If you put something in a box, guess what? It's not there. That means when you write $142 on your life okay. bill, they cash well, can it you do and me guess a favor what and, and show us where in that, because I actually have it on my phone. And, and I've actually looked in there for the boxing rules. I've seen it for brackets. I think that brackets mm-hmm. is 8.97. But um, I, I, what, what rule is it? Four corners rule. No, but which number in, in the federal style? Oh, no, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just go in there and I read things and then I post it online. I, I don't have it cited, but if, if you're looking, I can find you a citation. Okay. Well, That's I'm why look, I tell everybody, when I went in and looked for boxing, mm-hmm. all I saw was brackets. And they do have a law that says that anything inside of the brackets is to be omitted. But then again, right. if we're talking about word, the word being God... Then, then even their styles manual and what they require for, for how we should be formatting our documents is null and void, especially when we do um, the, the, what I like to call the quantum claim, you know, because mm-hmm. it just makes sense, you know, right. to, 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 you know, break, use a correctness systematization it's an authority correctness systematization of the English language. And, and mm-hmm. I, I say it like that because it's not correct sentence structure as, it, as if you're saying what they're doing is not correct because adverb, verb, and the modifications, I mean, that's, that's correct English, and they are using the adjectives in the correct way to modify the, to modify the nouns. However, right, but, but here's the what problem. we want to do is, is be cor- have a correctness systematization that is the authority. So if you can create your words to have more authority by basically, you know, I think that's what you're getting at, right? Well, no, what I'm getting at here is that, okay, let's say the way they're writing it right now, right? And this point where it's talking about a statute and a code, right? Mm -hmm. Under statutory law, did you know that they're directing those phrases at nothing? It'll say failure to stop, right? Who failed to stop? What failed to stop? Right, and all the boxes too. How do you go in through a stop? And here's another thing. Did you guys ever notice, people, that every stop sign, any kind of a sign, go look at when you guys drive to work, go look. Did you (laughs) notice that everything inside the stop sign is inside of a box? Takes it out of the contract. You know what you're doing, people? You're actually worshiping these idols. They don't even talk. You do what it tells you to do. 
That's right. They have people so brainwashed. Like I was saying the other day, you guys, uh, like you're watching American Idol. Didn't, didn't, doesn't it say not to worship idols, but you're sitting here not missing the beat of American Idol? Sitting here plugging you your, your phone to choose number three. Huh? What's your name? Who can you give your name for my uh, my listeners? Because I'm like I said, I'm I'm actually calling in from my own talk show episode, so I'm recording this call on my talk show. Oh, it's um, I'm I'm Shewa. They call me Shewa Pereira Nelida. Nelida mm-hmm. is from Facebook. Our um our Facebook site is called um, Legal Deception, and the real host of this show who always ends up staying silent in the background. <laughs> Southern Command. <laughs> hey, what's well, who is the real host? Me. Southern Command. Hey, Southern Command. All right. Thank you very much, Southern Command, for this. This is really great information, and um, what, uh, I didn't catch the name. Legal Deception is the wall on Facebook, and we're trying to get as many people on there as possible because I'm getting ready to go to stage two now, people. And I will have it on that wall tomorrow. I'm going to have to try to erase a little bit of my birth certificate so you guys don't see my real name. But I will put the birth certificate online so that you can see exactly what I want you to do. And I will put the um, species of currency document on there. And the third thing you're supposed to do is take a copy of your bill. Even if you snapshot it with a phone, you get a red marker, a fine point marker, you are to circle the top of that birth certificate and I'll even do it myself and when I when I go to put it online so that you can see how I want you to do it. Um, please don't cry to me a week later saying I didn't have no success because um, I'm going to give you the exact example like I did with the money order, but somebody told me to box in those words in red. I know Travis is on there. Um, and another thing I wanted you to do is when you write, it says on the money order who it came from, um, just write your name in lowercase, uh, comma, agent, four, and write the all capital name. And, uh, or, you know what you could do? I've never even tried it this way. Write your name in all capital name like if you were the um, actual birth certificate. And then tell them to, um, uh, what do you call that, balance it out to zero or offset it or discharge it to zero, right? Right. right. But, that means, okay, oh, so what you're saying is through express contract, you're, you're claiming infancy. Yeah, you're just going to go in there and try something different. Instead of writing your name in lowercase as a man, right? Right. Write your name under the all capital name, right? Or get a stamper. If you can get a stamper, right? Um, a little rubber stamp with the all capital name and stamp your paperwork with the all capital name and then you tell them to discharge it. But I'm also going to put my stamper on there so you could see another thing that I use on the documents, which I direct it to the state that I put down that that's not mine. So I'm going to give you a couple of methods to use on the bills. A really important one I want you guys to put out this month is I want you now to target the corporations 
and ask them who are they writing or who are they sending this statement to and what do they want. You know, like we say, what do you want us to pay you with? Well, let's ask them what is it that they're sending. What is this, a statement? Is this a bill? Or, you know, ask them, are you asking for money, currency? That's what that species of currency doc is asking the corporation. What do you want? And I want you to get it notarized. Because I, I demanded um, the payment history, and I told them that it had to be signed by the general manager, right? So I gave it to you online as proof that I do what I say. When I tell you guys to do it, I've already done it. I'm not going to tell you to do something that I'm not. I hate it when people go online and they'll say, you know what, you guys need to do this, right? And, they, and I'll ask them, have you done that? Uh, well, uh, no, I've never done it. I said, so why would you tell somebody else to do it if you haven't tried it first? Well, that species of currency, Doc, people, I've used it many times uh, against IRS. I use it against corporations. And guess what? They don't like to answer that one. The species, so there's a few places that will say I want U.S. dollars, so I'll call them, and I'll ask them if they can fax me over what a U.S. dollar looks like, and I never get the fax. <laughs> That's great. Otherwise, cool. pretend wow. you're a Mexican or you don't know English and say, Me no sabe. Send me um, email, you know, enseñame. That means show me what it looks like. I don't know. Say I'm new here in the country. Because <laughs> you know what? I asked this guy one day, uh, What does a U.S. dollar look like? You know what he tells me? Um, you know, good question. He busts out laughing. He goes, hey, you're right. What is, I've never seen a U.S. dollar. I don't even know why I told you that. And he starts laughing his head off. <laughs> a, U.S., a, U.S. Dollar, a U.S. dollar originally on uh, the coinage act, the original coinage act, was, okay. a, Spanish, was a Spanish mill dollar. I, oh, but I'm going to find that for you in my other book, my banking book that I have. It tells you that that um, that one day the United States ran out of money, so they had to give you Mexican pesos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've all so been to proved. compensate for all the dollars, so that, that just goes to prove to you people that you can pay them in Mexican pesos. And... Um, Remember, it qualifies as units, okay? I was thinking about that African dollar that you were telling me about, Southern, that Mm. African money. Zimbabwe dollar. Yeah, the Zimbabwe, and that's probably why I got, it's probably why the market crashed. (laughs) (laughs) Is it possible? No, baby. Look at that. My little eight-year-old thought that I was serious about the market crashing. Hey, my little eight-year-old knows more than a lot of people online. (laughs) He jumped up and said, Grandma, the market crashed? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you know what she tells me this morning? Um, Grandma, what what did you say that was again? What is the corpus? (laughs) I tell her, you're the corpus. Now get out of here. (laughs) Anybody? Can anybody hear me? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry to disturb you. Do you know what actually today was? Uh, I I was watching through the Facebook and uh, I came on to something really like interesting. And it was a screenshot. Probably someone took a screenshot 
And it says, I don't know, was it a CNN? Uh, I can't remember what was it, but it says that uh, government oppressors right now is rising through the day. They said it's like a population. Okay, go ahead. City's population is like 40, almost like 20%, or I can't remember exactly. It says that uh, the against government, or blah, blah, blah. So now we've been. Uh, uh, the truth finders being uh, labeled as a government against government, some some kind of thing. Who, who's being who's being labeled as an agent government? We, we are being labeled as a, against government, like oppressors. <laughs> oh, that we're hey, we're yeah. oppressors. Oh, if you speak yeah, the like truth, you're oppressing people. Oh no, well you know what? Then we don't have to worry because we don't have any government, so we're not talking about any government. That's right. I know, but it's what it's what it says. Like I was like, wow, okay. And it says it's being it's raising through the day. That's what it says. Like well, guess what? Maybe that's good. Everybody needs. You know, what you should say, well, hallelujah. Everybody's waking up because you know yeah, what? Know. If somebody ever called me a government oppressor, you know what I tell them? What government are you talking about? We don't have any the one before 1933, or before the Constitution came around, or what oh, government you are we talking, talking about here? Oh, but you guys. But the after the 1933. But there is the situation about the municipalities, and they are legal persons because of the corporation status, and so therefore, ICLE, right, is this this member organization, right, for all the cities and counties of the of the globe to actually participate mm-hmm. in, and they're being treated as persons. And so, right. a thing to remember is that um, what the gentleman is saying is true. Uh, that they are they are scapegoating the 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 legal they're pigeonholing basically the discovery movement or the covery movement here in in the uh, community all of us basically and uh, when in fact they're scapegoating us but it's it's the actual um, don't feel like they're talking about you as an individual but because they're not really they're not talking to you the individual mm-hmm. um, they are actually talking to these persons, legal persons that have duties and obligations who are actually going away from the federal guidelines. So state agencies are moving away from federal guidelines and they should be in harmony with it. And those are the persons that they are talking about. That's my opinion. Yeah, you got to be very, very, um, one thing, Dijon, you have to be very savvy with that language because when you think about when you're saying persons, right, the person, remember that person means corporation. It means insurance. It means, um, what were the other names for person, Southern? Well, individual, you you know, um, is also can be a corporation also, so be mm-hmm. careful about that word too. Yeah, individual, they're not talking about you. Remember, you are excluded, okay? Yep. Dijon, you are excluded because, remember, there was no law created for us. The laws are only created for people who choose to be governed. It's right there. It's on the Declaration of Independence. Right. I think people overlooked it. Right, let's bring this point in, is that if you're one of the citizens of that corporation, right, then they represent Mm -hmm. you, and so then they are talking about you. Right. But you're a U.S. citizen, so you're not even there. Pretend that you're not even there. You're not, you have to learn to draw a line in the sand. 
I even I even watched this YouTube today, people, that I, my mind was just blown away because, like I said, I wanted to be an astronaut as a kid, and I just saw something, um, this video today. I know it has nothing to do with law, but I think it would be interesting to know how these people lie. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about these people anymore. But, you know, they're talking about Earth, right? You know how we live in Earth? And Earth is supposed to be like a sphere running around, orbiting around the sun, right? And they were showing that this scientist proved, I think in 1860-something, I'll, po- I'll post it on the wall for you guys. You guys are going to love this one, that the Earth is not actually round. It's um, actually they use these weights and measurements. And um, Southern, what do you call those those? Those little bars when you're trying to draw a straight line, um, and they have like a little uh, bubble in the middle. Uh, a level. A level. Yeah. This this scientist built a two foot, I mean a twenty foot or two miles, I think it was. Um, this bracket with a bunch of levelers on it and plumb plumb line things on it, and guess what he discovered? This was like in 1860 or something like that. He discovered that the Earth was not a globe outward. It was actually going inward as if the Earth were living inside a circle. And the stars and the moon and the sun, are a, they are a sphere inside the Earth. We live like inside a hollow Earth. And... That blackness that we see in, above us is actually the center inside the earth. And this man, you're going to see the scientist, he redid, it was on before it is news.com. They redid the experiment and they also studied this other guy who tried to discredit him, but he really didn't discredit the scientist, um, saying that it was very accurate. So we don't live in a sphere orbiting around the sun, we are living inside the sphere and this blackness that you're looking at is actually um, like another ball inside the earth. And I knew there was something wrong anyways because I kept telling Southern, well, how does the space station stay in its position if there's no gravity and you have all these satellites orbiting the earth when there is no gravity? And so I want to show you this video because it's going to blow you guys. I mean, it's just mind-blowing to think that everything that – I just had this feeling that there was something wrong with the entire description of the universe being infinite. And when you guys see this video, and they're going to show you exactly a duplication of what the scientists did, and it showed – the measurements and the accuracy, it's showing that earth, that we live inside the earth. We don't live in a circle walking around spinning at a 1,000 miles an hour. And that is so mind-blowing because people have been confused, but I think we're inside a container. We don't float around the universe in some sphere and that would explain a lot of reasons why, you know, and my curiosity is how they're saying that all these planets and stuff are orbiting. 
And I'm like, the farther away you get from the sun, the less magnetism there is. There's just no way. I was I was not agreeing with what science was saying, and um, I'll, I'll put it on the wall. But anyways, I wanted to let everybody know. I wanted to thank you guys for um, being on the show. And Southern, are you still awake over there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. I want good night, everybody. I want to let Southern do his um, closing statement, and Jenny. Okay. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you all very much for being on the show. Uh, we'll be back here on next Thursday night. Have another call. Uh, hopefully you'll be here. Uh, uh, there's a whole set of documents out there on legal deception and the file Yeah, section. we're going to put new ones, too. This week, um, yeah. give me two days maximum. Um, I'm gonna. I gotta run it through Denny and Southern before I give it to you guys. This is something I've been using on them already many times over, people. So um, don't worry yeah. about the documents; they don't get you in trouble or anything. And I will give you an exact. Uh, I'll scan it so you can see exactly what I want you to do with the birth certificate and the actual letter and the form that they got to fill out because it's going to say this is an attempt to settle a debt and all communications regarding this matter shall be used for that purpose. Remember people to sign above your name, not negotiable, so they don't continue selling your name on the market. Um, You could also try writing your name in blocks or getting a stamper now and putting it in blocks and not signing your name at all on the, on anything that you use, if you can get away with it, stamp your, um, uh, you know, I don't even know if you can stamp your paycheck because I see them stamping stuff on the back of their paperwork when they're writing as a corporation, right? Yeah. Maybe we should do the same thing since they gave you a birth certificate in all capital letters. Yeah. And um, next week, stay tuned. We're going to talk heavy-duty. Hello? 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 Just, I think we lost. She just dropped off. Maybe she hit a button. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I said, we'll be here next Thursday night, ladies and gentlemen. Have a very good night and a very good week. All right. Thank night you very night. much. Thank you. Peace. Peace and love.